Ricardo here with the Mass Football Podcast. And first, I want to say thank you to all the listeners for tuning in weekly. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty with episode 43 with Steffi. So we are actually going to have to postpone that for next week. To be brutally honest with you, I recorded the whole episode, but uh, forgot to hit the record button. So that is totally 100% on me. So uh, my apologies to the people looking forward to Steffi's episode. My apologies to Steffi. But we will get that episode up in our library next week. For now, I would definitely love for you guys to check out the old episode number seven with Danny Frid with college soccer coming up. I thought it'd be a good time for us to replay the old episode with the head coach of the boys Mac U team. Boys, I should say men's. So enjoy this episode. Um, I hope you guys like it, and we will see you guys next week with another episode of the Mass Football Podcast. Peace. Hey, welcome back to the Football Factory um, Podcast, episode number seven today. Um, brought to you by uh, DNH Law Firm. If you guys have any hiccups or any bumps and bruises, you get hurt at work. Need some immigration stuff, some DACA processing. Um, definitely hit them up. And Selva, Selva Studios. Um, get your home plans from Selva. They're awesome. They just had a pop-up, a soft opening. It was great. And if you weren't here, you definitely missed it. Um, but today, I also have Paulo. Paulo, what's up, man? The co-host. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, big shout-out to Selva, who, like we said, had a soft opening. Um, it was really fun. But luckily, if you weren't able to... Uh, Attend last Saturday. We will be open this Saturday and Sunday. So go ahead and check us out. What are your hours? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Paulo will be here. Paulo will be I here. I will be here, and the hours are going to be Saturday 10 to 4, Sunday 10 to 2. 217 Southwest 25th Street, Correct. Calle 25. Correct. Um, with us today, a uh, very special guest. Um, this one really makes me nervous because I don't really know him personally yet. Everybody that we've had on, we've kind of known. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy um, had an amazing year. Head coach of the men's Mac U team, an old team that I used to play for back in 2010, 2011. Um, Danny Fred, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I like that. Wow. Pulling out all the stops. No, I'm excited. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Of course. Of course. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on. Um, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you. Um, so this podcast is about... Um, it revolves around soccer, and then we kind of just um, shoot the sh- we shoot the shit afterwards. Like um, it, like it. But uh, tell me how uh, soccer got started with you. Wow. Um, Where are you from? I am from a little town called Rawns mm-hmm. in Northamptonshire, probably about an hour above London. Um, I started playing soccer. Uh, it's probably about eight. Not like really early, but probably about eight. Um, and I've just played it my whole life from there. So um, I think about 17, 16, 17, started getting a bit more serious. And basically when you break into men's football on a, on a Saturday, probably I was 16 when I broke into like men's football. Um, and then it, then it's all of your weekends from, from then on out. And, uh, and then I played all the way through till... Um, probably 21. I took uh, about six months out or maybe a year out when I was about 19 and traveled Australia. Really? Yeah. And then I came back and 
was playing, but I knew after I went to Australia, I couldn't live at home anymore. Like I just yeah, you had I, a taste of knew, the forbidden yeah, fruit. I couldn't couldn't go back and live with my parents. Couldn't afford to couldn't afford to not live with my parents. So um, I actually came to the US to coach. I had no intention of playing. Really. Yeah, I came on a three-month visa. I was just coming to coach. Straight to Oklahoma or? No, I went to Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And then did all of the South like states, like Mississippi. Um, what are the surrounding states you down there? You were 21 at this time when you came? I was 21. I tur actually turned, yeah, I was 21. 21 at the time. Maybe I turned 22 while I was over here. Um, and then I left myself two weeks at the end to visit uh, somebody that I grew up with, Jake Cottage. He's okay. actually the... Um, men and women's coach at Randall University. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Played at USAO and played his last year at Southwest Christian. So I left myself two weeks to come and visit him <laughs> because when we was both eighteen, uh -huh. we went to this like showcase thing for coming from the to come to the US. You you, you, you knew him? I knew him since we could walk, since four or okay. five years old. Did you play with him in England as well? Yeah, and we went to this thing together. And he loved the concept. And I, I didn't really, I, I love where I was playing at home. I was playing at a good level at home. Uh -huh. um, and I wanted to try and keep climbing the ladder at home and, and keep playing. So I didn't come, but he came four years earlier than me. Okay. So I, I left myself that last time to visit him. And when I was here with him um, at SCU, like, he's like, hey, just, I want What year was this? 2010. That's the year I graduated high school. And by then, was I, I started playing uh mac you really that fall yeah 2010 um the program it, was new yeah brand the, new at, at southwest christian they weren't even in the naia yeah yeah um i think there was in like the ncc aa division two maybe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i didn't know anything about any of it though because we don't have this america's obviously unique the way they have the college yeah. system and all that stuff so which we'll get well i'll have some questions for you about that too yeah yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. um so he, he was saying, come to practice. Like, if you're here, come to practice. And, and I went to practice and the coach was like, look, if you, you want to stay here and play, you can. What so position were you playing? I was playing center back at the time. Okay. Um, you're a tall guy too. How yeah, I was a center back. I'm, I'm probably about 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two. okay. Yeah. And uh, so then I stayed at SCU. Um, I had a good time. But I but while I was there, I learned about like the system. And, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that back then social media wasn't as big but no, it wasn't. you talk to other english people that have been over here mm -hmm. and and, and uh, i've figured out i want to go and play at a big division one school that's what i wanted yeah. to do um but at the time actually ocu where i ended up getting there in the end but brian harvey was there at the brian time. brian harvey was there but um their team was really good at that time they were and uh we used to go to OCU to watch some of the games because we was in Bethany, only 15-minute drive. Under the lights. Under the lights. Nice there pitch. was Yeah, there was five, 600 people there. I'm like, oh, I want to come. This is a bit better. I'm going to mm -hmm. come somewhere like this. Um, so I wanted to actually go there, but then Missouri State called me. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. To Division so, One. To Division One school. So I ended up going there. Uh, loved it. Fantastic time. Um, but I lot after I'd already signed for them, I lost a year's eligibility in Division no. One. Yeah, because I was older. I was probably 23 when I went there. Okay. Um, so then I had it stuck in my mind. I, I wanted to go back to the NEI and have two more years. I wanted to... So you could have... If you went back NEI, you, they were going to give you that year that you yes, would have lost? because I was already gone. through the NEI clearinghouse. Yep. Uh, and it was the NCAA that took okay. a year away from playing at home and... And stuff like that. So Thanks. something um, that I feel like if you would have known, you would have just tried to do Division One. 
from the get-go probably yeah if i knew mm -hmm. about the system i would have because i loved it um we won the conference uh i i had a brilliant year personally and i mean even probably if i could have had my time back i still would have played another year and then maybe transferred and finished from ocu for one year but i i kind of wanted the feeling of i wanted a home for over two years because mm -hmm. i'd been bouncing around everywhere um, so I ended up coming back to OSU and completing my last two years. And I got done in 2015. 2015. Wow. So from England to the Georgia. Yeah. From Georgia to yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma to Missouri, back to Oklahoma. That's really interesting. Yeah. Did, at what point did you, I guess when you were playing in England, you had no thoughts of playing in the U.S.? None. No, it wasn't. Um, Did you know anybody that had gone to the US? No, just Jake, just just my best friend. When he went yeah. at 18, he was the first um, sort of exposure I'd had to it, uh -huh. uh, period. So I didn't really, like I said, I think social media plays a big part yeah. in that now. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more companies now that do all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't, it, and I was playing at a good level at home. I, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a high semi-professional level, which, it's a bit different here to the US. Like you yeah. can still play at a high level that's not professional, but um, in a good setup and stuff like that. So I, I was yeah. happy, but I was also in construction at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard graph, like just doing that every day, playing football at night. And I was like, oh, I've got to get out here. I've got to find yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Wow. And then you just took a leap, jumped yeah. into that. Yeah. Ah, and then from, okay, so let's wrap up what all you have under your belt. Um, two years at OCU mm -hmm. and then out, you, I guess you already knew you were going to get back into coaching because you had done some coaching in Atlanta. Did you have an eye here? I guess you were playing. You're probably getting more familiar with the clubs around here. Yeah, yeah. So I learned a little bit about the club system mm -hmm. um, when I was at OCU, like worked um, Brian Harvey's camps and mm -hmm. got in the community. Watched I, I attended a summer camp and yeah, stayed yeah, yeah. on campus. It was fun. Yeah, no, it was fun. And we used to have hundreds of kids at those things yeah. like when we used to work them. But um then I was, I think my senior year, I did a bit of Edmund Soccer Club a lot with the okay. little ones. And then when I got out of school, I did full-time club. I had two or three teams and did academy as well. Um, but I also had an IT job. I worked in uh, mm -hmm. electronic security, um, like cameras, um, you know, all the door badging stuff, technology. Mm -hmm. So I did that for five years, but I never got out of um, the soccer. The, I never got out of the soccer. The football, let's not call it ne soccer. Never sorry. got out of football, so... <laughs> Um, it was actually 2019. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I was going through my badges as well at the time, just, mm -hmm. just getting them knocked out because I love to learn more about football whenever I can. Um, and I did, I think it was a D license I did in Owasso. Mm -hmm. um, met Mitch there. Mm. We, we became good friends on that course. Then when he took the Mac U job in 2019, mm -hmm. um, I actually applied for that job. <laughs> but it, I knew it was a long shot because yeah. um, I had no college experience at the time. Who had the team? Um, who was it coming from? Zach and Evan. Yeah, that's who I was playing under, Zach and Evan. Yeah, so I knew them too. Um, the coolest yeah the, the mm -hmm. i'm still really close with both of them those guys are hilarious together they, yeah. they, they could have a tv show together just all they say and do they're just they are hilarious. they're brilliant i actually i went to see them probably two years before that um because at the time i was trying to help some other english kids come over to mm -hmm. um or other other kids trying to get placed in colleges and stuff so i went to speak to them and obviously ocu and different schools around here but um so i'd so i'd been knowing them for a while anyway um but yeah, Mitch took that. I knew I didn't think I was going to get it. 
Um, but then when I saw Mitch got it, reached out to him, we connected and then, and then we came on board together in 2019. That's awesome. So, yeah, we had a really, really good time together. Mitch is a good dude. Yeah, he is. And you guys totally, I mean, the program was in good hands. And every year I feel like we were just, it's been getting better, getting, been getting better. But the second, not the second, but the season Mitch came on, like you guys head down, like the culture seemed to have changed. I, what did you guys do? Well, it was actually, like, there was a lot of hard work done before we got there. Mm -hmm. The season before in 2018, they just made the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. So we was inheriting a good team. Mm -hmm. Like we was inheriting a, a group of lads that had, had won a lot previously. Um, they went on a great run in the conference tournament and won the first round of the national tournament and they lost to CMU who eventually won it. So mm -hmm. um, make no mistake about it, we inherited a really, really good team. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we got there, it was late summer as well. So um, the recruits coming in when you've just been in the Sweet 16 are, are normally of a higher caliber as yeah. well. So we had a great team um, and the coaches before us had done phenomenal work. And obviously Evan was still there on the women's side. Mm -hmm. um, so he was brilliant to lean on a good friend to like genuinely wanted us to be successful as well. So it was nice to have him there. And mm -hmm. there's always things when you have a men's and a women's program that cross over and, you know, like the mm -hmm. facilities and different things you work on together. So we just wanted to create the most professional environment we possibly could. Um, and then along with that, you, you normally get better players and, mm -hmm. and better drive and better accountability. And, um, and we just got kids that wanted to push themselves as hard as they possibly could. So, um, we, yeah, we had, we had some brilliant players. First year was, um, I think our record, we was like 15, three and one, something like that. Mm -hmm. But before the end of the regular season, I think we lost in the semifinal of the, of the tournament to USAO. Um, I think if we would have had that record, like 2021, we would have, we would have got a bid to the national tournament. Yeah. But, at that time, um, we didn't have like the history of being good, so we didn't get in. That's where it started, though. It's that yeah. season before that, and then it's yeah. just you guys are just chipping away at the statue that is yeah. what you are now. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So we actually went to the NCAA, um, the Christian National Tournament, mm -hmm. and we won that. Florida. Yeah, we went to Florida uh, at a brilliant time, and and then won that. So and then we've never looked back. We've been at the we've been at the national tournament ever since. So man. Uh, it's so exciting getting to talk about it knowing where it was where it is now or how it's gotten lights just changes so much just having lights, lights out there changes everything practicing in the afternoon august three days no longer you're done by six you can spread that out a little bit yeah yep. the training facility no longer having across the street to go to mac U. you can just do it in your backyard training facility is a game changer uh lights are a game changer i always say we this year we did our first um do some fitness testing in the morning and, mm -hmm. and we did our first session under the lights at night. Um, so you guys are still pretty much hammering out details, still getting better, still things to improve yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, but it's just nice to see that first session and the night and everything's ready for the guys and the sprinklers are running and wherever they've come from, whether they've come from somewhere else in the world or junior college and then they just mm -hmm. have their first practice. That feels really nice in August, really, really nice. So. Um, it's nice to see when they come out and everyone's excited and the, yeah. the ball's moving 100 miles an hour. It's, it's a nice thing to have those 
have those lights and you, getting to play the the conference finals yeah under like the lights you don't have to do it in 100 degrees like you said With it changes crowd. everything yeah oh it does it does yeah. wow and shout out to dressel we mentioned dressel yeah out there at oc yeah no he's i still see evan a lot he's become a really really good friend i mm. always knew he would be to be he's a he's a big coffee lover like me <laughs> um so we're all normally on Wednesdays. We'll get coffee together. Nice. I think we are this Wednesday as well. But no, he's doing really well. He's done great at OC his first year as well. He's done brilliant. Nice, nice. That wow, wow. Paulo, do you have anything to say? Yeah, it's just um, so if you are a really good friend with him, maybe you can get us in contact with him, and yeah. then we'll get yeah. him on next, next time. <laughs> um, one of the bigger questions because I have like multiple questions that I um, kind of wrote down um, because we're having this conversation about having so like a couple seasons that are very successful um you as a coach what here i lost that question Paulo's um, gonna be the men's head coach at bishop mcginnis first year this year you're gonna be at bishop yeah in january cool yeah, it should be interesting jake who i mentioned uh, earlier was he was there for years yeah loved it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. loved yeah. it um the question is with like such successful seasons how do you as a coach keep the team hunger to pursue being on top because you guys have a target on your back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it makes thi- it definitely makes things tougher. Um, we said that in our conference this year. It was uh, we didn't have one easy game this year because, I mean, if you if okay. you beat a team that's number three, it can change your season. It can put you in the top twenty-five. So so you're always getting everybody's best. Nothing was given. No, no, you've got to. Um, but it's, I, I've never known a good coach without good players. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you've got good players, they've, they're extremely driven people in, in all facets of their life. So um, we were number three this year and, and, and that weren't good enough. You know, they want to be the best team in the, in the nation and, and we lost in the national tournament. And everybody said, that's why I struggle with everyone says, great year, great year. And I know it is, it is a great mm-hmm. year. But, you know, all those boys are sad. They're, they're really down about it. They're, yeah. I know when they're... Um, when we're when we're firing on all cylinders, I, I I really think we can beat anybody in the country. So it was a it was a disappointing way to end. But um, back to the boys, it, it, I mean they they are very motivated people themselves. If 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 a coach has to motivate you at that level, um, you've probably not got the right mindset. Yeah. Like it, yeah. You can you can tell them how important games are. Um, you can tell important, like you know, if they play a top ten game, they already know how important it is. The, the the big players will will motivate themselves and and mm-hmm. they'll step up and they're pretty they're pretty well at holding themselves accountable. How many seniors would you say you guys are graduating this year? Um, we lose probably four or five that took their extra semester. Um, yeah, because I also feel like finishing up that COVID year, which you guys played in spring, which yeah. I thought was really awesome. Yeah, it was that, cool. I wish we could do that some more, but yeah. um, I feel like there was a big chip on a lot of those guys' shoulders finishing that season. Yeah, and no, we had, we had a lot of guys come back and take their take their final semester. Um, but it's got pros and cons. Like your seniors that we have now, um, they all get to come back and take their last full semester with us as well. So... A lot of the guys that actually walked on senior night will be back with us for next fall and um, trying to figure all that stuff out. It's kind of funky after all the COVID yeah. year and uh, figuring out the best thing for the kids to to get their degrees but play at the highest level they can. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that they gave them that year back because that was That's tough. That's what I was going to say. Tough. It's unfortunate for the high school players that just got oh. it cut off. The seniors and yeah, they won't get that one back. So. Well, and just there's I mean we can talk about that later, but there's there's so much ramifications from that because if there was 
10,000 spots for collegiate players. There's now 2,000. because just pushed it back. Because all of these kids, we might have eight kids that take up a roster spot that should be done, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, that's eight less high school players or eight less internationals, whatever it may be. There's less spots available now. And there was a reserve team this year. Right, there's a reserve team. We, we started that um, when Mitch was there. And that's honestly been extremely powerful because um, a lot of the players in our reserve teams, local, international, um, may not have had the opportunity to play if it wasn't for our reserve team. Mm -hmm. um, and we every year we've had it, we've pushed players into our first team from the reserve team. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Are there many more teams with reserve teams? Yeah, schools? there's a lot of local schools. Uh, USAO have always had one. Southwest Christian, SNU, um, Oklahoma Wesleyan. We'll schedule some junior colleges. Mm -hmm. We'll schedule some top club teams. Um, but we give them like a full schedule. They play 14 games in the fall. Mm. Um, so it's just the idea behind that was, um, I mean, if you have a kid as a freshman that goes and plays 14 games against other colleges, yeah. you can see if there's improve, improvement. But if you have a kid and they're on our bench for the whole year... As and opposed to not getting any minutes at all. And they've not played, yeah. how do we know as a sophomore that they're going to be a better soccer player? Um, that's true. So that's the idea behind that. That's mm -hmm. the idea behind that reserve team. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, another question for you that kind of goes more in-depth, like personal-wise. What's a typical day look like for you as a coach? So like, what do you do? Typical day. Yeah. Um, depends at the time of the year. Mm -hmm. Depends at the time of the season. But in season, um, players will go class in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, we will get in there in the morning, um, depending on what it, what time it is in the week, because we normally play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. It's either a recovery mm -hmm. um, on a Wednesday. Um, well, I'll go from the start of the week. If it's a Monday, it would be a pregame mm -hmm. for a Tuesday. Um, and on a Monday, we would probably watch video from our previous game mm -hmm. and watch video on our opponent and talk about ways that we think we're going to be able to exploit them and think that, that we're going to be able to get a win. And then on a, on the Monday on the training field, we'll go out and, and practice that and, and work on ways that we think we can beat them. Tuesday would be a game, um, which is now under the lights. It's at night, so mm. um, wouldn't need to get into school till till midday one or, or depending on what we've got to sort out um and then wednesday's probably a recovery um thursdays we will normally do some light lifting now in the new facility mm -hmm. um bit of core stability stuff nothing too heavy in the season because they're even the recovery too wednesday yeah yeah mm -hmm. we'll do that just because it speeds it up mm -hmm. um if they sit around and do nothing it will just take longer yeah so mm -hmm. so we'll do some it'll be 10 to 20 minutes light cardio, long stretching. Mm -hmm. They'll all get in their ice baths. Part of the new training center, they've got a brand new big um, training room with new ice baths. Wow. I got to uh, check it out. I got to check it out. Yeah, come through. I'd love to take you through. But um, So we do that normally on a Wednesday. Thursday would be, like I said, that that light lifting, getting the legs going with practice. It's probably our only day that we can practice a bit harder mm -hmm. per se because we're two days out. Mm -hmm. um, and then Friday, you're back to a pregame again. So <sighs> Friday, it's... Um, video on our Tuesday game, video on next mm -hmm. opponent, and then and then go onto the field and, and try and execute whatever we're trying to work on. And then hopefully Saturday it all comes together. So. Is the season short for you? Do you like oh, it so being short. in the six months? Or would you like to see, like I liked, I've said before, have it all year? Yeah, it would be great, but I think I would like that. But the reality of it is like there might be across the nation, I, I wouldn't know the statistics, but less than 1% of these kids that actually go professional. Yeah. 
So they do need to be students before athletes. Yeah, because we asked that question to Gustavo, and he was he, he said, said it was that long. it was long, and yeah. we kind of went into like the aspect of how like you know they're student athletes and yeah. like you know they have to like I know there's like away trips where you get back like super late and and you know basically in the morning. I've known yeah. so many players that I've played with blowout knees just because yeah. it's so many games in such a short amount of time. No, it's it's tough. It's I mean it's not optimal for soccer. But again, it's like the college systems, it's about getting a degree. Is and it any different? Um, is it the same in England? Yeah, or? you don't really play that many games. You, no. I mean, but the season's nine months long. So you'll play one. And if you're in cup competitions, you might play midweek as well. Um, but typically it's... Um, but I mean, you say that, but everywhere in the world now, like yeah. Man City, for example, they probably play 50, 60 games a season. Pedri, um, look at Pedri. Beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're like the top teams are playing champions league yeah. all of the domestic cups all of the leagues yeah, yeah. so it's the same with us at college we have to have yeah like some of our players that come internationally i think we had a freshman this year it was like coach why do we have so many players and i was like you'll see you'll see and then he, he understood <laughs> yeah. like in september because you we had a leg break this year we had uh, a forward that broke his foot we had five or six injuries at all times in the season yep. so then you're down to 24 and um you know, some might be struggling for mm -hmm. form, and, and then you're realistically down to 18, to 17. And I was there for that. It just goes so quick. It does. Yeah, I was there for that leg it break, does. and that guy was doing really well because uh, I followed you guys uh, yeah. a lot of your season, and he was doing exceptionally well. And injuries are definitely a big part yeah. of it. It's huge. But uh, kind of going into what you're talking about, I, I, I see a lot that you're talking about um, watching film. Um, and I know being a part of the OKCPS uh, prior to obtaining this uh, Bishop McGinnis job, um, they're doing a lot with the VO cameras. You know the VO cameras? Yeah. Um, but they haven't really gone super in-depth. And, I mean, Ricardo and I did, or Ricardo did the research. But um, a lot of the stuff that we read about you on, you know, some of the stuff that we zoo, that we look at is that the same word keeps popping up multiple times, which is uh, tactician. <coughs> And do you see yourself as that? Like, like, is it crucial? Is it pivotal for you as a coach to be able to see what's going on? Yeah. I, the reason I like video is I don't foresee myself. I, I mean, I, I foresee myself as I know soccer. Yeah. Um, if you want to call that a tactician, then call mm -hmm. it a tactician. But um, the reason I like video, it, it sort of opened my eyes when I was at Missouri State. Mm -hmm. um, they would show you clips at halftime. They would give you data at halftime. Um, and I just thought, wow, like... I came off at a game. I got taken off at halftime in a game. I think we was away at Drake University in a conference mm -hmm. game. Um, got taken off at halftime and I was livid. Like I thought I'd played really, really well. And they gave me all this information statistics. I'd have like 25 turnovers in one half. Um, so the thing I like about video is no hiding. Yeah, um, There's no hiding. Um, and it's a huge, like if you're humble enough, which all of our players are, uh, unbelievably humble like there's there's so much room for improvement we've won multiple times this year 4-1 5-1 okay let's let's take a look at this goal like what how are we conceding that goal like what could we be do different or I'm I'm a, also a huge fan of all right we scored these goals because of this like mm. don't forget this we need this to is where it started we need to triple down on this and um so I'll always show positives negatives um uh, all of our goals is I think film is good um a good reflection and and the film software now like you can we use instat 
Um, mm-hmm. Insta, if you're listening, then we'll take a discount because it's pretty expensive. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it is. It's the subscription that ca- I have a yeah. VO too, and yeah, uh, shameless plug. How much is VO? Uh, like uh, the for the year, I think one thousand four hundred. Yeah, Insta's double that. Really? Insta's double, but the the information. I wish I bought my laptop to show yeah. you, but the information is insane. It breaks it down. Yeah, probably. you can see. I can click on one player. It will show you every action, every pass from a player. That's what VO told me they were going to be able to do. Yeah, Insta can. <laughs> they really do it down to a t and you can click on chances you can click on um and automatically creates them for you you don't have to go in there and highlight the clips yeah it will like it will spit it back out to you and it will say um possession in our half it will show you every build up it will show Mm. you every press it will show you every and if we knew a big part of that game was pressing then we can look through our pressing and see where we succeeded see where we failed um, it's really really cool so I, I, I think it's a useful tool I definitely. think it's insane how like you're talking about the software because um, I watched the the Manchester City uh, Amazon Prime video that they have and they yeah. have like a certain guy that just does that like watches oh, it's a big data. everything just data. and it's just like that's just they data. insane they do that over here now as well Division 1 That you, I mean you have a video analysis and everybody runs with that GPS on dude, their back that's insane we have all of the GPS software now and you know if players are hiding. You know if they're running. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't lie now. No, no. It's there's no it takes the opinion out because yeah. every player thinks they know better. Unless than you're a coach. baller and yeah. can get away with it. You're not running, but psh, I don't need to. Yeah. That's a big. Yeah. That's a, that's one of the biggest Bourbon topics that I wanted there. to touch on. Um, and it was a question that I also had, is because supposedly reports say that Messi is having a bit of a, I guess, butting heads with Pochettino because of the style that Messi plays. So what would you do as a coach if like something like that, obviously it doesn't happen to you because you say that you're very close together. What with would your, you do with Messi? What would you do with the player that <laughs> I think you, you'd get is, eligible. But. Yeah. What would you do with the player that would, the thing is that would question your authority. That would be like one of the top things. Cause I, in my retrospect, he's questioning Pochettino's authority as a manager. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. And, and, and now players have bigger personalities. I don't think you can have it. I, mm-hmm. I think your dressing rooms all got to be facing the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example, uh, you guys probably know Rodrigo Albuquerque that plays for us. He's mm-hmm. talented, talented mm-hmm. kid. Well, when he came in, um, still a talented, talented kid, but he wouldn't defend. Or he was, it was, he would, that obviously wasn't a strong part of his game. But I thought of another Brazilian that went to MacU that might. Ha- might have had the same issue. I don't know. Yeah, he, what's the name? Anyways, what's the call name? Him, call him out. Call, call him, him out. No, no, no. What's the name? He was really good. This what's guy, the name? Uh, Rafa Bonelli. He was, oh. <laughs> he was good though. He was yeah, really good, but maybe defending Rafa, wasn't one of his. I just think suits. that's like a big thing. Like if you're a quality striker, then you're not really a good defender. You need to save your energy for when you need it most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but I, I've got to give Rodrigo credit. Like um, we didn't ever butt heads with it as a staff, but we needed more from him in, mm-hmm. in that in that regard. And and you got to. If you get out there now and watch him play, uh, he's a pressing machine. He's an animal, and it helps us so much. And I think he's a better player for it. He scores more goals because of it. Gets more opportunities because of it. Um, and it's nice for him to get the reward. So it gives him justification of oh, this is what I'm doing. That. So um, I don't think you can have it. I think mm-hmm. um, I think it was um, was it Jamie Carragher. Well, I've got all the Sky Sports English mm-hmm. stuff on the. I Instagram. absolutely yeah. That stuff is entertaining. He was saying so they had Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar up front together, and he says that they can't win with them three. Like you can't you, have carriers. That's nowadays. what I told Ricardo. I said you can't defend with seven people. At no, the end of the day, there's just no way. You're 100 percent right, but it's just they're lethal. But I, that it just doesn't make. I up. mean, they're tying one to one in their league. Like um, in their league, we'll yeah. see what happens. It's a farmers' this week. league, Ricardo. We'll see what happens this week. Big results. Big uh, results. I agree. You can't have. You can't carry anybody. 
But uh, another big question was kind of you personally as a coach, who are some or who is your role model? Uh, maybe like it doesn't have to be in sports. It could just be like anybody that maybe kind of drove you to understand yourself. Oh, it's always a tough question. Role model. I'm always. Probably who? <laughs> David Moyes. David Moyes. <laughs> the Moyes boys. Not, in, not quite, it. but um, I haven't been that close to a coach that I've because I'm I'm still a youngish coach, obviously. Um, to a coach to like be like I've I've been full time coach I guess for the last three four years, so I haven't mm-hmm. got a chance to like be around someone for a long period of time. But probably my dad in regards to he has just worked and worked and worked since we were babies. So. Um, He's actually got COVID right now, and I spoke ah. to him. He got it yesterday, and I said, hey, you're going to have to stay there for a week. Like, mum's banished into upstairs in the house. And <laughs> he said, no, 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 tomorrow I'm, I'm going to get out and have a run. And I'm like, you can't do that. Ah. But it sort of sums him up. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's my mum and dad have worked and worked and worked at everything. And look, there's, there's, no, there's no magic formula behind, behind soccer. I always say that. Like, if you want to work hard, if, you, if you're recruiting a kid and, and – you talk to him 10 times and another coach talks to him two times, you've got a great chance. Mm. Like, Or if your boys work harder in preseason, they've got a good chance of being fitter. Like, yeah. the, There's no weird science behind it, I mm. don't think. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, that's a great thing to touch on and a great segue to, um, like you're saying, that recruitment process. You as a coach, what is your recruitment process like? Um, I know it's definitely one of the most difficult things to do with so many soccer players out there internationally and locally yeah um what are some of the stuff that you as a coach look for in a player uh outside of obviously their position you know because every position is different yeah no you always have a need every year Mm -hmm. um like i said this year we've got players coming back and a lot of our forwards are returning so we don't lose any of those guys Mm -hmm. um so limited number of forwards coming in but just in general you try and i'm always a big believer in finding the best players you can Mm -hmm. um you can't have three high-end players of the of the same position because it's kind of like dream team, right? You have a pot of money and you've got you, you've got to spend it wisely, yeah. and when it's out, it's out. So, yeah. um, but you've got to find the hardest working kids. Obviously, talent is a factor, mm-hmm. um, but that wants to come in, wants to get better. Uh, when you come into a school like MacU, you come in there because you want to be a better soccer player. There's no 20,000 student campus life. There's no, you're going to get to progress on a nice field with nice facilities now. Like you have to want to come in and be a better player. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're from down the street. doesn't matter if you're from... Um, Across the ocean. It, it just doesn't matter. I, I just don't care where you're from. Like it's, it's about where you're at now. Um, and if you're good enough and if you're coachable and if you're if you're bought into to wanting to be a better player. And, and those are the things that that I sort of look for. And and I guess you could say um, it's a generic, like, get out kind of answer, but mm-hmm. it all changed. Like, it depends what position you're looking for. Like, if you're looking for a centre-back, you're looking for something. If you're looking for mm-hmm. a full-back or a forward or, you know, nowadays everyone's got to be athletic, right? You yeah. can't. You have to Especially have... that full-back position. Just, man. Yeah, you can't. You, like I said, I'm a firm believer that you can't carry anyone. If you mm-hmm. can't move now, it's, it's the level's getting so high yeah. that... Um, it's tough so yeah we're looking for athletic kids that are you know wanting to improve and come and work hard what tips do you have for those high school kids La- the last guest that we had um and also how early does that process start 
Um, the, uh, the kid, that, uh, the kid. Why am I? That's I'm a man. So, I'm so Chavo. sorry, Adil. Adil is a man. No, no, we Who's had Adil? Adil was um, he's uh, he said he was a Turkish Russian immigrant. Okay. That came over seventh grade uh, was his first time here. Played soccer. Um, all the friends that he used to train with after school ended up playing college. Yeah. And they just said, hey, we're here, and you're not going to be here. And he took it personal, and his goal was to play college. Ended right. up playing Division two. But he didn't know he was going to play college until probably midway through August that college year. Wow. Um, he had a, a, a letter that he would just change the coach's name and the school, and he blasted it to everybody. He yeah. was just trying to get his foot in any door he could. Yeah. Ended up doing JUCO, and then from there uh, went to Rogers, Rogers State. Cool. And um, his, I really liked his story because he didn't give up. He was creative. He tried anything he he just wanted to play college and he wasn't going to take no for an answer good for him um but for those high school kids um how early should i start should i know freshman year i know a lot of them are doing junior years already doing letters of uh not letters um, verbal commitments right but um what tips come to mind um we always talk through this stuff on our like id camps that we do because i think mm. that's where a lot of, um, and especially uh, uh, American kids struggle with it more so because the international kids are, are coming through like recruitment agencies. And so you have those contacts and mm -hmm. they send the kids on their behalf type thing. Um, but we always say you've got you've to reach out to coaches via email. Um, now all of our, I probably regret saying this, but all of the cell phone numbers are online. Like you can text coaches, you can, um, and when you text them or, or not so much text them, but in their email, like you've got to take the time to make it personal. Like if a kid says, congrats coach on the season, I saw you guys were 19, one and one this year um, and you're number three in the country. Like I'd love to come out and visit and, and maybe hop into training or something. Um, then I'm then I'm interested because he's took the time to look at our mm -hmm. website to look who I am and look what the look what the schedule says and and all that good stuff. So that's big. Um, ID camps are big. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think we charge for an example. We're we're way less than all the Division One schools, but we charge like sixty five bucks for a kid. But but then if a kid reaches out to me, I'm I'm a softie, and they say like you know that that's a lot for me. I'll say just, you know like I can do it for mm -hmm. this or whatever. Yeah. Like we we always want to work with that's kids. Awesome. We want to give the best exposure we possibly can. But if we know a kid, whether that's through like they've come to a few of our ID camps or they've reached out a lot, like we want to go out of our way to sign them because mm. they've took the time to, you know, find out about our school and, and different things so like start that. Early. So Definitely yeah, start early. Yeah, you've got to, mm -hmm. um, now like, I think sophomore year or um, before, um, don't worry about it too much. Just worry about being the best soccer player you can. Yeah. Um, but then after sophomore year and you're starting your junior year, we've had juniors out training with our first team this year that really, really good players. That's awesome. Um, That's so awesome. I think all three of them were with like... Um, I think that was with Santa Fe. Santa Fe South. Yeah, Santa Fe South. Um, but yeah, we're, like if juniors come in and they can do it with our first team or at least hold their own, mm. and um, then it's definitely it definitely gets your attention. So like if you can get out and get into training or email and attend these ID camps, like those ID camps, you might have 40, 50 kids and you have the whole day with them. So like you... You never let them leave without knowing them. You you chat to them. You you walk around campus. You get to know mm -hmm. the kids. Um, some of them like will come back after the camp and come for a proper campus tour. So you get to like, that's where you first get acquainted with the kids per se, and mm -hmm. and you want to go out your way to like sign them. Yeah. Um, and as some of them like 
some of them will end up going junior college and some of them will end up playing on a reserve team but then like when they pop up again like you're always you're at, like there's so many kids it's a familiar that, face he's been here exactly he's that's, that's Ex amazing like so many kids that have gone to rose state this year that we couldn't quite sign but like at least they took the time to like now we're going to keep an eye on them now that and they so, had a good season too yeah had a good yeah. season yeah Steel, i think was it Steel? is Steel doing the boys uh or no he, he, had, the girls? He, had, he left uh, michael no. shanahan. shanahan i actually play with him at ocu yeah so i know him really really well but you've just got you've got to be you've got to be active there is this defender that plays for rose state who is an absolute beast oh. diogo yeah that i know diogo. man i know him really well yeah that guy's... It's a small world. The soccer community in Oklahoma City is, is small. That is an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, kind of another question that I wanted to ask you is, with some of the biggest coaches uh, in modern football right now having different approaches to soccer, um, I mean, obviously we see Jurgen being very passionate, fans and, you know, drawing the whole community and especially at Anfield. Um, and then we obviously see Pep being a little bit more, like, sophisticated and, you know, playing a little bit more tiki-taka in that way. Um, and then obviously you see Tuchel being very, from from my understand, Tuchel is very like a dictator like type. He's like yeah. this, everything has to be perfect, and if it's very not, disciplined, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I've read some, I've I saw some uh, when he when he was at PSG, when he was at Mines, when he was at um, all these like Dortmund, they would always have issues with some players because they just felt like there wasn't a, a connection like from coach to player. Um, who do you as you yourself or your your you said you're still kind of a young coach who do you try to imitate or what system do you try to implement yourself uh well well on those two things i'm very passionate i can't help myself mm -hmm. um every time i think i'm gonna sit and enjoy this game a bit more mm -hmm. i can't help myself <laughs> like a minute in i'm standing i don't sit for the whole game i just i just can't help myself so um extremely passionate um I just always want the best for the players. I, I just want the players to, there's no better feeling as a player mm -hmm. to walk off the field like exhausted and giving you everything. Yeah, and, amen. And, and that's, amen. yeah, that's just what I want for them because the way you feel because of that. So, um, and in the same token, I can't help but get, I don't think you can win without getting close to the players. Mm, like, yeah. I really don't think that. Like, um, Brian Harvey was my coach at OCU and, like I love that man, and like when you're exhausted, and you know, and you and you thinking about that feeds them. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you want to take care of the coach, yeah, you want to take care of them. So, I I struggle with that, like being disconnected from players. You've got to understand what makes them tick. You know, there's some players that you can really get into, and they can take it like a man, and yeah. and it's going to push them harder. There's some players if you do that too, they're just going to crumble, and they're going to have different personalities, yeah, so. and every everyone is a little bit different exactly it's like anything else in the world like anything else in management you you have to understand what drives people and i don't know if you can win without getting close to players i, I truly believe that so you're yeah. definitely taking more of a jurgen type of approach to it because he's very like he's, loves, he loves yeah, his boys, he loves yeah. his, his boys yeah. Yeah. He, he, from, from the, from the youngest like that he has to you know to virgil you know to top players um so that's definitely good that's definitely good to hear because um, I personally have a lot of friends that are there, and I mean they're enjoying their time there. So that's that's really is that good the to kind hear. of coach you are. Uh, I'm very passionate, but I also I I, I love the way Pep plays. Um, if if we have enough players to kind of keep the ball, because I mean you want to implement a certain style, but if you don't have the certain you know, the capabilities, tools, yeah, yeah tools, you have to yeah, find something tools, else. Yeah. But definitely, definitely, like I feel like we're in the same. 
uh, boat there when it's if you can't connect with your players, they're not gonna connect yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, the team definitely has to be a family. Like yeah. you know, you're working for them, they're working for you. Because at the end of the day, they're running ninety plus minutes. Yeah. You're just kind of being that voice in the back of their head. Yeah, like, you gotta hey, coach be able to this. make them run through that wall. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. it's definitely it's definitely good to hear um, that coaches kind of because I like how you're talking about like American soccer and you know the difference between European and American um, because from where I when I played in in school in college, it was very like. It was very Americanized. Like, it was very being, like, super fast, super big, um, and that was it. But, like, in English and, you know, Spain, it's more being more tactical. Yeah. You know, you do have to be fit, obviously, yeah. but yeah. being able to really be solid with your footwork. Yeah. Um, and, and here in American, it's it's obviously growing more to the aspect, like, you know, now you have McKinney. Like, now you have Christian Pulisic who are, like, super tactical on the ball. Um, so it's definitely good to show the growth there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but one of the bigger questions I had for you is, you coming from a collegiate level and now being a collegiate coach, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges uh, some of your athletes face and how can they solve them? I think the biggest challenge they face is their workload. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, these kids might have an 8 a.m. and you know school till till lunch and, and have lunch and mm -hmm. we're practicing at 1.30 and they get done with that at three and they might do some recovery work till four and eat and then homework and sleep and do it all again. Or they have to go be a... And some of them have to work. Keeper, I say. Some yeah. of them work. We have a, a lot of local lads that work. We have a lot of our internationals that ref and, and do different things to make money. So I think that's the the most valuable part of a, of a college degree. And I always say to the kids like, uh, it is important what you study and, and business or leadership, whatever you want to do. But the the college takeaway for me is being able to juggle that many things for four years. Because mm -hmm. um, if they can yeah, do that, I'm they're going to be they're going to be successful in the real world. So um, I think that's their biggest challenge. Like we're trying to treat them like professional athletes, mm -hmm. but they have on the shoulders the educational piece that the athletes want. I've had friends that work in the pros and they're they're going to work at nine and they're done by noon. So. Like it's a three hour day, yeah. So you you as a player when you played, what were some of the strategies that you used to overcome this problem? I always used to try and get ahead of everything I could. Mm -hmm. Like if I had work and I knew I could take care of it before a game, I would. Like I would always like to have a clear head. Um, if we had road trips, I'd take care of it on the way. Because um, it's, it's just... I think it gives you a lot of freedom. It's and a great habit to build. Yeah, so don't put off what you can I do. Mean, you, you said you were construction, today, right? When you were working. Yeah, yeah. that's in, crazy. In England, in England yeah, from from what sixteen kind of construction to. What you doing? Everything, a lot of groundwork stuff, brickwork stuff. Um, but my dad had his own small company, so I did that for years. But wow. I wouldn't change that for the world. If you could do that for years, some then. beautiful moments. I, I definitely have done some construction with my dad over the summer, and <laughs> yeah. even though it's hard and you can't really take breaks, and they count how many times you go to the restroom, sometimes. You know, it's how many times do you go to the restroom? <laughs> hey, dude, sometimes you gotta lock yourself away and depends just take how a much coffee you drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but brilliant times, brilliant times. Um, a, gr a good question that we always try to ask now from now on is that, like you, you said you played, you were a center back, right? Yeah. How center does, back or holding mid? Yeah. So how how does that? And by the way, who's your favorite center scored, back in CDM? He scored a lot, and I mean, I'm watching his stats. He scored a lot as a center back. Well, headers, six, a lot of headers. I mean, six two. Much out for the elbows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's coming in flying. But um, how does that position kind of, um, 
you know, help you as a person now, as a coach, um, not even like as a coach, but like you said, you also worked in security and stuff. Yeah. How, how does some of the stuff that you learned as a center back kind of dictate how you've lived your life? Um, I just think from, from high end sports, you learn a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you have to take, if you want to be good, you have to take care of your body. You have to, you know, do the extra work. You have to, and it's the same, whatever job you got, right? If you, Mm -hmm. if you want to, if you want to go through promotions or, um, if you want to be a coach and win a lot of games, you can't do your recruiting in in June when the season starts in August. You like gotta you, put in the work. Yeah, you've got to you've got to work harder than everybody else out there, and 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 that's what I used to try and do as a player. Um, it might not show it this year because well, I think we only kept three or four clean sheets, but hmm. um, but which is pretty embarrassing being a centre back. But um, but yeah, I think being at like soccer, uh, football, it just is a lot of camaraderie getting on with a lot of people mm-hmm. managing a large workload when you're when you're in college over here and and just being disciplined i think they're things that um the players won't they won't think about it now but when they when they look at themselves at 30 they'll mm-hmm. understand of like oh, it's actually nine to five if they're doing a nine to five is not actually that long compared to what i did in school so yeah um, i think those are the things that really take care of them uh, who's your favorite center back or who uh center defensive mid in the world or all time. of all time and then who would you Currently. who did you model your game after Oof, good question i wasn't really a like a modeler of a game yeah you, you just know kinda, but i mean you, you might have watched some youtube videos yeah you know? no we used to watch all of them i used to love growing up um like i said i'm an arsenal fan um so Thierry Henry back yeah. in the day, um, Patrick Vieira was my favorite holding so middle. So he's doing really well he's right now with animal. Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah he's animal. doing really well. Animal of a player, but I think modern day holding mid, um, one of our assistants, Neil Hilton, is a big, big Liverpool fan. He's actually UConn, UConn High School's uh, uh-huh. boys head coach, but a uh, big Liverpool fan. I'm a big fan of Fabinho, Fabinho. as a holding mid. I think mm. he's got the good balance between playing and he's aggressive and yeah. he, he's very defensive mind i think those kind of players are a dying breed so yeah. mm-hmm. um i think he's he's right up there right now but you got some you got some big ones and you? you got like casemiro's mm. at madrid and i'm trying to think Dude, that guy does the dirty it's work it's just man. like yeah. he's not like my favorite who skets yeah Busquets. that's what i was gonna say Busquets like fabinho's fabinho kind of is like intertwines with like Sergio, they're like very like good balance, yeah. He's they're like very like not old, but like they're like old center defensive mid. Good type defensive, of, yeah. yeah. Really Some of these teams really complement their CDMs. Oh man, big, big. Yeah. imagine man. being a CDM having Alcantara to pass to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But center backs, uh, there's not many better than who have you got now? Ruben Diaz at C's first class. He's got the best balance between being unbelievable defensively yeah. and. So technical on the ball that he, I mean, he starts every single at, every single. Attack. He just came in, just changed, changed his game. Yeah, because I'm yeah. I'm actually a city fan, and and I mean, I lived through the point where like they were drastically in need of a center back. I mean, now we're in drastic need of a of a forward, but not not to the point like where we needed a center back. But I mean, you're playing Fernandinho as a center back. You're trying out so many different things, yeah. and Ruben comes in at twenty, like what twenty two, twenty one, yeah. and he's just player, insane. Um, I think Van Dyke's still ahead of him right now, yeah, but yeah. he's got the potential to be better. Definitely. I really like the way uh, Sergio Ramos looked the other day. Really? Yeah. With he's PSG? Still, he it, still has the class, though. Mm, that guy he's is, gone to get his payday, though. He's, but he was unbelievable no, no, no. at Madrid in his yeah. prime. I'll yeah. give him that. As a center back? Yes. Not as a fullback. 
No. This guy. Okay, okay. We know what happened when he. I mean, yeah. I just want to bring it up. It's like something that has said, to be I brought said up. I said Ramos was good, and he was like he was getting done up by Ronaldinho, as everybody in the world was. <laughs> mm. I mean, it just it, it had to be brought up. Um, a good question for a young coach as yourself would be: uh, What are some adversities you have faced as a coach, and then how did you overcome those? And the era of Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, adversities. We probably went behind in 13 or 14 games this year. Mm. Um, and it, I mean, when you 19, one and one, I think we, we ended. So um, being behind, I think we was winning at halftime in three games. So mm. that was like, we, I couldn't understand why I couldn't, I couldn't get our head around like the additional motivation or whatever it may be for us to start well. Um, but we kept we we kept getting it done in the second half. So it was it was always getting masked, right? It was always getting covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, Had to dig yourself in the hole. Kind of just struggling under the We rug. just did it again and again and again. We was two nil down at Georgia Gwinnett, top fifteen team, one three two. John Brown, we were two nil down, one three two. It kept happening and happening. And That's happening, the worst way to lose too. And then yeah. I mean, when you're in those positions, you get comfortable. You know, we're yeah. down one, but we know that you're getting it. And then such a momentum run once you're when you're down and it just boom 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 yeah man. and it was we were just so good at that at home um we we were lucky enough to get a good amount of fans out this year that were loud and we had like what was called the red rage which was like the baseball team and student life the mm. banging the drums and and the boys just kept getting going at home in the in the second half going like towards the dorms Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't miss. We scored three goals like every half that we was going that way. So, so what did the, the what did the like halftime talk look like? Sound like it was like this has got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are again, guys. Here this we go is, again. <laughs> this has got to stop. And 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 actually, we said it a lot this year. Like uh, at some point when we was fourteen and no fifteen, no, we knew we was getting to the national tournament. We could have mm-hmm. we could have lost every game and got to the national tournament at that point. Um, so it was more of, hey, if this happens at the national tournament, you ain't going to get out. Like yeah, the level goes up. And, and we didn't. We didn't get out. It happened to us and we didn't get out. So, um, But it was, I don't know, it, even a few times that we played some really, really good football and we just couldn't score first half. Um, it, was, it, was, it was sort of weird. So that was definitely a, um, it was a, a thing that we had to overcome. And sometimes tactically we was... Like I was over the moon if it was nil nil at half time because I knew I would play yeah. second half and it was just nice to we just had a year of, of and it sounds like I'm griping about nothing here because we won a lot of games, but we had um we had a year of just con- conceding the softest goal. Like I never really felt that we got scored on. Like we were giving goals on a silver uh, player, which is gotcha. just tough. And it, you, you talk about the, like we spoke about earlier, how condensed the college season. If you're 1-0 down, if you're 2-0 down, you're giving your everything to get into these games. Like mm-hmm. if you're 1-0 up and we can rotate more and we can stay fresher and then you're, you're 2-0 up, 3-0 up. I think in the, the quarterfinal of the conference tournament this year, we won 3-0 um, at home to Central Christian. I think it was 1-0 at half time. But lots of rotation, uh, two nil, three nil. Nobody played over an hour. Um, it was wow. like twenty-four shots to zero, and it was just comfortable because mm-hmm. we went ahead, mm-hmm. um, and then we controlled the game, and and they couldn't sit back as much because they had to score. So then we was able to to pick them apart a bit more, and it, it just changes the whole dynamic of the game. Wow, I've never thought about it like that. That's oh, really, just yeah, it's it, pretty good. If they score, 
and and we're we're a that good team so on the ball. They That's can so sit in. They've got something to protect, and and it just makes it a long afternoon. Um, just a long, long day. So. Oh, yeah, it's it's actually really good. Like because rotation wise, City does a really good job. It just I mean they have so much quality on their team. Right. They just completely rotate, rotate, rotate. I mean they had. Like in a week, they had to face Liverpool, then they had to face PSG, yeah. then they had to face you know either, so one of the big six. So, so the rotation is just constant. Like imagine having players yeah. every position. Mm-hmm. Imagine having to play all those games with the yeah. same people. Yeah, it would just absolutely kill you. The, yeah. the yeah. record this year was what was the record? Did you finish 19? 19, one and one. Nineteen. So what would you say your uh, percentage is now? I think I read last year's you finished point eight. You know, winning and losing. Like I, I don't know. Handful of losses probably. It's, it's, the yeah, stat is we've crazy. probably have. I bet we've got ten losses in three years now. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. A record, huh? Yeah, it was a good. Jeez. It's a name that puts fear in people's <laughs> people's hearts now. Yeah. Mac, you. So, uh, as a coach, what are some of the qualities that you possess that help you be such a successful coach? Because we have a lot of listeners that are also coaches, so we kind of want to implement that. You know? Tavo, Tavo's speak, a coach now. Speak huh? to Tavo, speak to Paolo. These, what these tips questions are just have? for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tavo. I'm asking for a friend. I know Tavo's killing it, but um, I try and be. I will. I always say to the players, I will never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I try and work as hard as I possibly can. Um, in regards to providing everything they need. I just want them to show up and be the best players they can. Um, whether that's the way we do nutrition, the way we travel. Um, you know, we, we've we done charter buses everywhere this year. We've we nice. flew to California. We stay in nice hotels. We try and give them the best chance. But in return, what do we expect? Just absolutely everything they have. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I fully understand in, in games, turnovers happen. Um, bad games happen. I always say to the players, like, the seven or eight players that play well today are not going to win us the game. It will be the three lads that are playing really poorly mm-hmm. um, that will still run harder for their team and, and, and still do all of the control. Just keep believing in yeah, yourself. As, just you, keep believing in yourself. We've all known you, you, you've had d- days where you just, I mean, you can't complete a pass, yeah. right? You have bad days and those days you've got to run harder. You've got to tackle more. You've got to press harder. You've got to do whatever for your team. And, and those are the ones that, that win the game for the players because if you're having a good night, everything's great in it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, It feels like an easy game, but if you're having a tough night, you have to be mentally tough enough. So yeah. I always try and try and emulate that to the players, try and um, work as hard as I possibly can. And if, if they turn around and feel like... Phew, these, these, this coaching staff is really working mm-hmm. hard for us here. And you normally get that replicated. So I think a, kind of a, um, a cliche work hard answer, but it's what we base everything on, to be honest. Gotcha. Um, and then how do you keep updated on like tactical and training methods? Like are you big like... It's everywhere now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. You can, you can go on social media and look at sessions. You can go... Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like the coaching manual. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that, um, yeah. loads of sessions on there. Um, we That's go to, super in depth. That yeah, one. yeah, it's it's really good to like put sessions together. Um, it, it, we always go to like the coaches convention every year and and stay up to up to and now like you like just like this is podcast everywhere. I'm listening to Alex Ferguson's podcast right Alex now. Alex Ferguson. I'm gonna have to look that one up. It's Oof. it's autobiography, but you can get. It. I'm I'm just. I'm not patient enough to. Is it a podcast or is it an audio book? It's an audio book. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I guess that was disrespectful to a true podcast like this, but <laughs> just about, just yeah. a little bit. But um, <laughs> not comparing us to the sir, yeah. to the sir. But. but anything, anything I can do, like if I, 
if I can get out and watch sessions, if mm-hmm. I can, uh, anything I can do to learn or take for it. Like I've got a lot of friends that coach in Division One that I will call them and, hey, can we get a strength and conditioning program for the spring? What does your guys look like? Uh, how do you put together video if you want to play a new formation? And it, I like, I am never scared of a question. That's what I would say to a young coach. Gotcha. Like, there's so many people that will that would not rather ask to like yeah. in the in the in the fear that someone might I don't think, want to be looked oh, at you negatively. Don't, you don't know about this. Like, you can't be a great coach. Yeah. I'll ask anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you don't agree, you can still take some up from them. Um, but any sessions, any any and it. When you get into a ga- when you get into like the season of of when it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, I think it, it's all different because um, we will play dependent on. I'm a big believer in playing on on who we're going to play against and mm-hmm. and how they're going to press and how they're going to do this and um, it's dictating how we're going to play. So mm-hmm. um, that anything data. that back to that data, yeah, anything we can do like that, like anything that we can do to learn new new tools of of that kind of natures, and it, like I'm all in for anything like that. What's the dream? How far do you want to take this coaching? I don't know. I, I don't just know. Just riding the wave right now. Yeah, just uh, I'm enjoying it. If I've got one regret from this year, I didn't enjoy it enough. Uh, just a lot of stress in the games and stuff. But I'm enjoying it. Matthews, uh, yeah, we're at a really, really good spot um, in regards to what we can offer athletes and and players and students. So I'm just happy. I'm. Uh, I, I don't know. I want to coach at the highest level I possibly can. Taking it day by day. Yeah, and, and Matthew's where it's at right now. So. Yeah, that was one of my next questions is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't know. My daughter will be 13. That kind of that's kind 13. Of scary, but. Dang, I have a question about parenting after this, but <laughs> yeah. go on. No, it's, uh, and that's, uh, this. you know, if it was me, if it was just me alone, then, and, and job opportunities came up and you, you never know where you could take it, but it's got to be right for my family. It's got to be right for my daughter so i'm not just going to take the uh the next it's got to be right all around it's mm-hmm. not just about um that's why we're recording just, today at nine because uh i have we have to put my kids to sleep before i come out here yeah yeah <laughs> my crazy doesn't get down till like nine thirty. Yeah. so but <laughs> um but yeah it's got to be right all around um mm-hmm. but but i i'm in no rush i think uh, hopefully i coach for another 30 40 years so um i don't know i do overseas um uh, top of the college game where it, wherever it might take me but um, I just want to work harder and improve um, on whatever like we'll have a coaches meeting this week and go through everything we do as a program and then sit down and how do we do it better because we weren't good enough this year like if we don't come back with a with a national championship then we're not good enough so mm-hmm. um, anything that we can do like that to get better and uh, I think that takes care of your future stuff if, if you yeah. want to do that stuff That's good big goals for next year does your daughter play? She started this year. She hates it. No, dude, <laughs> she I, hates rough. it. It's that's so hard because you don't want to push them to play something you want them to play. Because well, backfire. We've got we've got such a funny team. We've got a team. Um, Adam K, who's at Southwest Christian, Niall Crick, who's at USAO, myself. We've got Cal, who played for the Energy, that played at USAO. Yeah, we've all got a daughter the yeah. same age. How, how old are you? They're all three. three. My daughter is, how old is my daughter? She is two. She's going to turn three in April, so she might be a year. Yeah, yeah, that. but we've got Jake Cottage's little girl, three as well. Yeah, so that must be fun. So Just everyone, the whole team. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, your team's going to be sick. We was terrible. Like, oh, it was terrible. So um, but it was fun. It was fun watching them all get out there. But like my daughter, her name's Poppy. She can. She won't stay on the field for longer than one minute. <sighs> yeah, actually, Ko is the 
I didn't know Kel coach. had a kid. Yeah, he was the coach, the head coach, and he's the one that brought me on to be the assistant at uh, Bishop. At Bishop, yeah. yeah Good so, guy. I've known Cal years. Yeah. Top I, man. I, he, Steel introduced me to him because um, he was playing at USAO, and yeah. then Steel was at St. Greg's. Yeah. So, yeah, I love Kale. Shout out to him. He's uh, top, man. Definitely want to have him on here. <laughs> yeah. He's, being, he's, he's slow playing, but he's, he's going to be on. Good player. Sure. Top man. He's, he's a yeah. good friend. Are you, are you on the sideline as a parent as you are as a coach? No. <laughs> I've seen enough of that in my time. In Do you club have anything soccer. to say for those parents that are just? Uh. It doesn't matter what I can say. I tell them at the start of every year, it's not going to change the crazies out yeah. there. But, it's um, tough. I just let them play. I, I, let like, them have fun. Right now, it's just at that fun. level. Yeah, you just have to. I mean, right at now. any level. Um, my dad used to drop me off. Never used to watch training. Always used to watch every one of my games, but would never talk about how I played. Really? Oof. Ever would never try and coach me. Ever would never. He would never, like, I think that's in England as well. Because people don't think of it like this, but over here, it's a paid service. You don't, it's not a paid service? No, you, you pay next to nothing. Volunteer coaches. You, so, like, people don't have opinions because coaches are giving their time for free. Like, mm-hmm. the kids are out there playing. Um, and over here, it's a service. And, and, and what do humans do it's with a, a service? service. You, you, that's what we service. talked about. It's that's what we service. talked about with the deal. He's, uh, he's saying the same thing. He's saying that, here it's kind of like a luxury to be able to play. Yeah, you, know, you, you want to play ECNL now? You, you uh, better have fifteen grand a year. Yeah, and that's insane. tough. Like, I didn't definitely didn't have the luxury of going that far. Yeah, I played exactly. locally, but never. I was never able to go ODP. Yeah. Never able to travel. Yeah. It's, it's tough. But if tough. you're paying that amount of money, they're going to have opinions on yeah. their product. And it comes with a different. Are they? Of. Are they? And it's kind of opposite in England. Like I think the better you get, the more stuff you get for free and. There's so much money in in soccer in England yeah. that it bleeds down to all the lower levels. It's like having the NFL, basketball, and all that yeah, stuff yeah. combined. You know, we just really only have soccer that's that. It's just big, England. You know? England's like academy system is so beneficial. Like there's so many good players that have come from that academy wise. Yeah. Um, and and all those like, kids don't pay a penny. Exactly. Yeah, I think, well, it's what crazy. I think he said was very important is that it bleeds into it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, EPO might be making X amount, but a little bit is trickled down to yeah, it. Because how, do you, how do you financially, you know, I mean, do you, are you traveling a lot? Is our travel teams pretty expensive? Or? But a lot of kids will jump in with other families and different things like that to get to games. Or I'm sure at the higher levels now, they'll have like team buses and stuff like that. But it's all funded from the clubs awesome. for the most part. That's so, so like, cool. because let's face it, where are all the top players from? Like lower economic families. Like yeah. they, they, you don't get many of the really affluent kids that are like ballers. Of course you do. But like you look in the NFL, you look in the Premier League, a lot of the hungriest. people that come from humble backgrounds are the, are the lads that can really get after yeah. it. So if you if you don't provide that, you're cutting off a lot of your lot of kids. There's yeah. so many kids that are plenty good enough to play in the ECNL, for example, and probably just can't. Yep. So right here it's just the the best that some can do in high, is high school. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you think those high school kids have a good chance of getting recruited as opposed to those that play club or Yeah, but they but need to communicate. They need to communicate themselves and those emails and out. They they've got to get those emails out and what we try and say to the kids on these camps and stuff, they've got to look at the resources available. They've got to look at the FAFSA. They've got to look at the Oklahoma Promise. Which lap if you're from Oklahoma. You have to do that in eighth grade. So if you if is you it eighth grade, wow. If you yeah. don't do that, it was tenth grade. No, it's early. If, now it's eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, if you don't do that as a sophomore, you miss out. But I mean, a lot of these kids can get to college for free if they do the right background stuff. You know, mm. um, so like the education on 
on that side, like if you could get through these high schools as and talk to the freshmen, like, hey, next year you have to apply for Oklahoma Promise just mm. in case you wanted to go college. Um, you need to look at FAFSA. You look at any other scholarships that are, are available to you. There's thousands of dollars out there. Yeah, so. there is. You can honestly get paid to go to school doing yeah, it the right way. For yeah, my yeah. brother, since I had gone and played, I our, my parents came from Mexico, yeah. so they didn't go to college. And I didn't know that I was going to play soccer until the week before school started. Dropped out of UCO and I said, hey, my buddy's going to go play at MacU. I'm tagging along with him yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but when my brother's opportunity came, he ended up going to Tonkawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, NOC? Yeah, he went to NOC. He did his freshman year there the fall. And I said, hey, if you're not planning on staying there, get your uh, spring done at OCCC. Yeah, go to get your... And if you want to continue, find a school to go afterwards. And yeah. he did that. Tonkawa, OCCC, went to MacU the Mac fall. You finished at MacU. I said, hey, <laughs> sorry if I get anybody in trouble, but I was like, those those classes, those um, the Christian classes you have to take, yeah. drop them a weekend. Why? Because you're not going to graduate there and those aren't going to transfer. And he's like, really? But they said I have to take them. Take it and then drop it before, you know, when you can get the full refund, before the <laughs> roof, whole full refund is done. Yeah. And it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we need to have somebody that can... You need to have someone that can yep. can educate the kids on how to do it because mm-hmm. um, like we've got some great people at MacU, but I don't know if high school kids even know they can come to MacU and talk to people about that. That's stuff. one oh. of the that's literally the biggest reason why we have this podcast. Right. It's just for like kids who are able to listen to what you're talking about right now, and you know it adds that bit of you know take those credi- notes, guys. Yeah, take those notes. It adds yeah. that credibility from such a you know successful coach and from a successful university, uh, being able to literally you can. Pause, rewind, pause, rewind. Like you can literally listen to everything that he's saying, giving you the information, and then you take that information that he's giving you and then apply that, you know, apply that to not just Mid-America, you know, USAO, any other university that you feel like you can go to. Um, and that's the main reason why we do this. Because these coaches, yeah. that information. they're not out of reach. You're, yeah. you're, you're real. Exactly. Like, like I can ask you a question like he's right if here. I wanted to, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, as a high schooler that doesn't play club and doesn't get to scrimmage against colleges. That doesn't know. That doesn't know if that might just be just impossible. For no, us. and I just wish, like, I wish kids would ask more. I always, always say to kids, even when I'm recruiting them to come to MacU and I really want them to come to MacU, I'll say, look, you might not come to school, but like, let me know if you've got questions about the the college process or or the or if you wanted to go to another school then ask me about that school I'll give you my honest opinion like in regards to whether it's a soccer program or or this or that or like it don't all have to come to MacU but I've got a soft spot for Oklahoma kids it's been my own for 11 years like I I wish a lot more of them knew that they were could and are good enough to play in school. Mm-hmm. They've just got to do those steps that that can make it affordable or, or do the research, whatever they I think need. we're seeing more kids in this modern age play that next level. Yeah. I think it's more. I agree. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to bring that up, Ricardo. Just I think, um, like, when I was trying to be recruited, I was like, I wasn't scared, but I know some of my other, like, teammates, they were just like, man, yeah. it's just can't. And it's just, I mean, but, I like, didn't. now it's, like, super, like, you, you, you have to make that connection. Social with the media. They're literally reachable no matter what. Yeah. Um, so you're probably going to get, like, a couple emails after Send this Send a podcast. DM to the <laughs> MacUman soccer page. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. just have have your name be, you know, in the coach's mind somehow. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, I know it's late. Um, it's 10.15. Uh, we can we can keep going for hours, but do you have a time? No, I'm good for now. I'm okay, good. Okay. Right, you I'm like, fall asleep at like ten thirty, but I'll be good. I'll be <laughs> one of the one of the biggest questions I wanted to ask you as well is what are your expectations for the off season? So like I know that you know some of the expectations are super high. Are they even higher as in the off season? Well, I think in the spring season you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. 
we're signing like six players that arrived with us in January. So um, it's obviously more flexible. Mm -hmm. I think you're allowed to practice for eight or 10 weeks um, per the guidelines, but we'll probably start around the start of February um, and it will be typically like four day weeks where we'll play a couple of those days, we'll get out and practice and then lift a couple of those days. Um, and then we'll have three play dates. Uh, I know we're playing Missouri State where I played, which are, they're a top 15 D1, so a great challenge for the guys. Um, so we'll go up there and play. We'll actually play two two games that day. They normally get another Division One in, so good for the kids. Um, we'll play SNU, which is local D2, obviously. Um, they had a great season too. Great Congratulations season. to those lads. Yeah, I, went to, I played in school with Trevor, so I know Trevor really, really well. Um, and then we'll add one more. We was going to play... Um, the energy, but obviously you guys. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say that. You guys did last year. Yeah, and you guys had a good goal. I hit, oh, I forget his name, but he chipped that keeper. That was a good goal, yeah, Carlito. Yeah, yeah that's good. No, I, I know Lee. Um, I know Lee pretty well, and and we was trying to set up a scrimmage, and then all of that news came out. So I guess that's not happening. Yeah, but can we touch news. on that? Do we want to touch? Yeah, on that? we have to touch on that. Something well, that's that, but that was going to be in our segment of what we care about. What happened this week, and that was going to be the men one. We we're going to save that one for the last. Should we save it for the last? Or can we save it? Can yeah, we'll save it. We'll, we'll save, save it. Because we'll we'll there's still a lot of that. That's like official, you know. Yeah. We want to, we want to get into the soft stuff first. Okay. Because now we just done all the questions. I'm done with all my questions, the official questions. Mm -hmm. um, but now I want to get into. Paulo has a, his laptop in front of him. He's been scrolling. <laughs> you can't see how many pages he has scrolling down, but he has like five <laughs> or six written down. Wow, cut through the meat. Oh, uh, yeah. Now we're gonna get into the dessert. What kind of dessert? What's your favorite dessert, by the way? It's a, yeah. What is your favorite dessert? I mean, you're, you're not really a dessert. Two. Yeah, man. look at this. But look at this but guy. not because fit. not yeah, he because looks I'm fit. healthy. Because I'd rather have like a double entree and uh -huh. then skip dessert. Ah, okay. So what's what, what's okay? Now that we're talking about it, what's your favorite now that we're food that's from food. England? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As cliche as it is, fish and chips is amazing. Oh my god, I haven't had it. I need to try amazing. some. Amazing. What about here now that you're in Oklahoma? Gotta have cheap. He's like coffee. Coffee. If I had to have a cheat meal, I love a Canes. <sighs> love a Canes. Box combo. Coleslaw? What's under the clothes? No, no, no slaw extra fries. Extra like if, fries? If I'm really it's going, a cheat meal. If I'm Why really would you get coleslaw? In, extra toast, no, I'll extra do an extra piece, extra piece of chicken, extra toast, no slaw, extra fries, two extra combo. sauce. What's your drink? Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, I do the sweet tea. And so I tell you, you have to go to the sweet tea. It's like about $14, $15, but it's worth every bite. Oh, yeah. If I was to like try and... Um, stay healthy and go and grab fruit, Chipotle or Cadoba. Like you can, you can stay on track. I think it's gonna be like no toast, no chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Not that extra one. Yeah. I do you do, do any other. workout? Do you run? Like, what's your hobby of choice? Yeah, Besides I try. Like I haven't been great in our season just because mm -hmm. it's so busy but I'll, I'll get in there and play with the guys a lot or it must be hard not to it's yeah fun. i was gonna buy some dress we used to do it all the i was time. gonna ask that question oh, yeah, yeah i play with the guys a lot it. like i love playing with them or, or rondos and mm -hmm. um just talking smack with them all the time like i always like to play with them more so in the spring because it's it's you yeah, know you're out of season just yeah getting to know each other yeah you're out of season but no, I'll work out, um, try and work out early in the mornings before coming down to school. So I'll mm. try to keep that routine. Yeah, because he was like, prior to this, he was like, I wouldn't do, or I wouldn't tell the kids to do something that I wouldn't do. And I was like, so would you do that beep test? You know? Yeah, I would do it. I wouldn't <laughs> finish very well, but I would. <laughs> that beep test sometimes, is horrendous. Sometimes, I think we was in Georgia this year uh -huh. and we got to the bus. Um, there was about 
10 players late and mm. I was one mm. minute late. Ooh. So I got them all off the bus and I ran with them. I was running in the parking lot. There you go. Nice. Uh, but, nice. but they're all laughing and doing it with me because I'm doing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I wouldn't, I can't be late if I expect them to be on time. So. Have you had any crazy experience? I know that you, while you were with Mitch, I know that one time we were going, we had a flat tire in the van and at that moments like those are ones that you remember because it just got silly. You know? We've actually been lucky. We haven't had too many, um, minor setbacks yeah we haven't had too many like you guys didn't get stuck in california for a bit um yeah but not it was we was there a couple of days we had like half not of the team intentionally. it's, it's <laughs> california we know. had like half of the guys go a day after and then uh-huh. i stayed with the other half until the saturday just because it was the weekend before thanksgiving we couldn't yeah, get out that's why um it was just expensive if we Our flights if we, were getting canceled or oh whatever, it was a nightmare but especially after you just played like that so so I have to kind of going on to the topic you're talking about. We, you played Wayland, obviously, right? Wayland Baptist. Yeah. yeah every program. time when I yeah when I was up there, every time we played, it was just always raining. Yeah. And then Rundell, do you know Andrew Rundell? Do you know uh, not personally, no. no. But he, when we were coming back from Wayland, he was zooming, zooming. Really? It was raining, and uh-huh. I was scared for my life. That's like really? that's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me on our. We like actually our, our first year with with Mitchum myself and and james robinson was driving as well we drove back from wayland um after a like 7 30 kickoff game and we got home four or five in the morning yep. on the, all those wandy roads and i said i will never do that again that was awful so this year we chartered there yeah those are bad yeah, yeah. those are bad. we always, we did um like john brown away this year we chartered like i'm not driving those things on the way home no way. Yeah. John brown has a nice campus too I they do have a nice john campus yeah it's, it's not, and it's just i don't know I, it, I'm just panicking over the other, like expecting the other coaches to drive as well with ten players in the car. It's tough, but um, so, so we tried to off, do the car, yeah. uh, the the charter vans this year. So. I like how we got distracted because of Keynes. Yeah, that's what we're raising Keynes. Yeah, I was going like more into depth <laughs> in these questions, and then we were just talking about Keynes. Will do that. Yeah, but we kind of like to get down the juicy questions, um, like the juicy chicken tenders from Keynes. <laughs> Keynes, please sponsor us. Um, but recently, obviously, we had the Ballon d'Oro. Um, last week, we had uh, Adil kind of go off of his top five rankings because, obviously, like we said, I mean, CR7 got changed his name I, to CR6 I now. Um, Both these yeah. guys had CR7 on their top five. I, I don't There's no way it. you don't have CR7. But we won't go into uh-huh. this again. Um, top five Ballon d'Oro top rankings, right? For this, for this season. <clears throat> for this season, yes. S- starting from five. Starting from five. All right, let me think of my reverse order in my head. Um, yeah, why'd you make that so complicated? Why couldn't he start from I, the top? Who would I have oh, fifth? Just to build some anticipation. <laughs> just to build. I fifth, I think, would... Jorginho won about everything, didn't he? I, I had Jorginho as my but number that's, one. That, that, that's He'd a good be question. five for me. Okay. Because of accolades. Champions um, in Europe. Is, yeah, is I think it's hard to be a consistent winner. And he's a big part of all of it. Like, it's, there's a lot goes into that. CDM. He's, um, from, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's had some howlers these past two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can't take away from what he's won. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably have Ronaldo at four. Okay. Top five. Messi at three. Oh. Salah at two. No. Lewandowski at one. Yeah. Salah two? Salah's been unbelievable. He has. I mean, yeah. And but. all these other guys get to stand up front, wait for it to happen. He's playing on the right wing. <sighs> he's he's actually got a defect. Like... <laughs> Turning. He's ruthless. It's physically strong. Out there looking like he's playing futsal. And just stepping I, I'm obviously biased, but he's playing in the Premier League. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a different world. The Premier League is the best is the best league right now. Yeah, right, yeah, but it's just like Ronaldo, like specifically. I'm not a Ronaldo fan, but Ronaldo's you know done it in in Italy. He's done it in uh, Spain. He's done. Oh it yeah, in him and him and Messi are gonna fight out for the best ever, ever. But like this part, like is is Ballon d'Or not a yearly award? True. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. With True. like they gave it to Messi on like heritage, like just because of his history. Just yeah, just because uh, like a. We I all mean, wanted him to win the Copa. Didn't Oro. Lewandowski get like sixty goals? Yes. Lewandowski. Yeah. He's so they. So you're saying that Messi robbed Di Balondo? Yeah. And, yes. and Spider Man was present and he didn't do anything. Yeah, about but it. in the sa- the same and the same token, like he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna be in the running anymore. So it's it was sort of like a send off, like a deal. going away. Yeah. yeah. I, I had uh, fair point. I had seen a TikTok. You have TikTok? No. It's amazing. He's a grown man. It's I have enough of social media as My, it is. Yeah. The algorithm will get you and you'll see exactly what you want. But the the TikTok that I had seen, they were questioning one of the reporters that mm-hmm. got to cast his ballot. And um, he didn't have Lewandowski on his top five. And they were like, well, why isn't Lewandowski on top five? And he referred to the FIFA playing card that he gets. And he said, look, his pace is 85. What? He doesn't do very many tricks. And um, I forgot what other thing he said, but basically, like, if you're gonna, if that's part of your criteria, then obviously these guys, it's it's rigged. These, they don't know soccer. Yeah, it's more marketing, and I think yeah. we already knew that. But yeah. I found that to be very like eye opening. Politics, even now, at the top. Yeah. Another juicy question. Now you brought it up yourself. Who is the best player in the world? Messi or Ronaldo? Current day. Are you asking him which is favorite of the two are or the best player in the world? Uh, no, no. The question was, who is the best player ever? Oh, okay. Between these two men. Between them two? Yes, just them two. I would say, I've always said the best player is Messi. Mm-hmm. The best goal scorer is Ronaldo. Okay, fair point. Because Very Messi does point. so much more. Like he, mm-hmm. he goes and gets the ball in his own half. He He's plays on the right, he plays on the left. Ronaldo is a... Efficient. highly tuned machine like he is a physical phenomenon like Messi is a better football player but like Ronaldo is just a phenomenal athlete that's so you've just been awarded this team you've just been awarded Newcastle okay mm-hmm. you have this pot of money who are you going to pick up for your team who, who should you pick up December to I'd sign Mbappe Mbappe no way that's a, that was my question too Mbappe or Haaland Mbappe I would sign Mbappe. Well, Over what Holland? do you need? A winger or a, or a forward? Okay, you're playing foot champs. <laughs> okay. This guy's and if I'm at Newcastle, <laughs> I can have both too. You, can, you definitely can have both. But well, you you will probably have them in, what, the championship? Probably Division 2 maybe? Yeah. Well, okay. the, the way it's going right they're now. They're going that way. Uh, so you're going to pick up Messi or Ronaldo? No no position, nothing. It's just like whoever's going to be like day that. Ronaldo. Yeah, me okay. too. And I'm a Messi guy. I think... Well, I think uh, Fair. Messi's Messi's body's gonna quit before Ronaldo as well. Yeah, like watching so them both play so now. Yeah, um, Messi will literally walk until yeah. the ball is anywhere near. Like, it is astonishing Ooh. to me. I watched that City, yeah, um, City game. City it, there was yeah. literally like a, a holding mid dribbling past him within five yards. He's just no. looking at him. Going nowhere near him. So is Messi going to shift into like the midfield position, maybe where he like like a challenge? Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be even worse worse at carrying him there. His best chance is to go back to Barca. Like just just go back. I don't know. It's it's tough. I MLS. 
I would he love get to see last, him at He might get a last payday over here. Let's get Messi and Ronaldo. But, I mean, the please. French League is shocking. So, he could stay there for a couple farmers. of years. Uh, it's a farmer's league. I like how you said that, league. but, you know, <laughs> you're, you're super anti-calling it that. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. Um, what was the other juicy question I had on here? Yeah. Well. Oh, who is getting out of the group stage? Portugal? Italia. <sighs> that world, no, they, they still have to win their two games. What's the current point count? Um, well, the, that qualifier, that they're in that bracket. It's only one one of them. So it's Portugal only be plays one of them. Turkey okay. and Italy gets a team that I don't a nation I don't even know. I think probably Macedonia, right? I would I say so. Portugal. Portugal over Italy. Over Italy. Mm-hmm. Italy's coming back with like this inst- like nasty winning records. Like they're really good. Yeah, Italy are on fire. A lot of their guys are getting like Bonucci, Chiellini. Like they're getting up there. They're mm-hmm. 35, 36. So like. Um, they're still incredible. If th- if those older guys can stay healthy, they've got a they've got a cracking chance. But Portugal have got some young like like Bernardo Silva, uh, Diego Jota. They've got some ballers that are still at, like coming into their prime. Um, so Being led got, by Ronaldo, how sad would it be so, if he didn't make it to the World Cup? Oof. That would be sad. Yeah, they'll get there. They'll get um, there. kind of a kind of an open wound still. But what happened? What happened in the Euros? Talk to me. We ain't good. England's not good enough. It gets put in that bracket because of the media um, and the Premier League, but England's not good enough. How so? What's missing? I just don't think we've got the... Like, if you look at these squads, Portugal, France, we haven't got nowhere near the quality. Like, if you've got Sancho, Maguire, um, players <laughs> like that... Like if you've got players like that starting, yeah. and these other, like, these other countries just completely blow that out of the water, England gets put in that bracket because of the media. Um, 80 million for that, man. Yeah. Maguire, disgusting. Yeah, no, he's, he's poor. And, I like, deserve my opinion. Luke Shaw <laughs> and... I um, like Luke Shaw. I don't. I think I think Harry Kane is now past his best. Like, uh, is it because season. of the city move that he didn't obtain? Or what are you thinking? Because I mean, he had an he's exceptional had of, season before. Though. He's had a lot of poor injuries. Okay. Like he's had a lot of injuries, and I think he's on a really poor. Like Tottenham are a, a poor team. They're a poor team. They've overachieved for a couple of years. Like, they're. And the coach he strong words. He should have. He should have went to. He should have went see over yeah. Jack. Because I personally think Jack isn't... I mean, Jack's going through some injuries in s- itself, but I think he should have stayed a little bit more um, with Aston Villa. Yeah, but these um, top team, like these top players, they were, they're trying to give themselves a chance to win. And obviously, the money's just completely off the charts now. Yeah. But, um, like, Grealish is... He looks really good for City. He's going to... He's always going to get... You know, he's just yeah. always going to get tarnished with a $100 million price tag. Or yeah, and, and I mean, he's tag. got Raheem having to play against Raheem and, you know, having that... I think it's super difficult for a player himself just to go into that Pep mentality because Pep will play them in different positions yeah. no matter if they like it or they don't. Yeah. You know, because some players play exceptionally well in a different position. Because um, like Gabriel Jesus plays in the center, but then he also moves to the side, and it's yeah. just like he does well in different areas. I got to do what the captain so says. So I don't know. Coach says. Yeah, sometimes I mean sometimes players just aren't able to adapt to that. So I think. But it's a lot a different. Bit like uh, Villa would have been on the counter attack. Yep. He would have had a free roll. See, you've got the ball the whole time. So yeah. you'll have to be in like a certain yep. position or, or mm-hmm. be in one of two positions or something like that where... His game situations are so different now. Yeah, it's, totally it's, it's literally like a different game of football. 
Emiliano um, Martinez for Aston Villa is a complete monster. Yeah, that's the worst sell from Arsenal in the modern era. That guy is a beast. I like. I do like Ramsdale now, but when we sold him, that was that was poor. I think Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale is, is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League right now. Right now, but yeah. Emiliano is very close. I mean, and we we had him, you know. So and you lost him. We wouldn't have had to spend thirty million on Ramsdale. And now it's now it's Leno. Leno's just on the bench. Yeah, he's shocking. He's shocking. Are you liking Arteta? Yeah. I, I, I mean, but there's got to be was, that wasn't super positive. But he's got <laughs> like there's got to be something going on at Arsenal in yeah. regards to like the finances because yeah, I mean, you you can't be a top coach without these top players, and the players are just not quite there. Yeah. Like What's wrong with the bombing? I think the coach what is wrong with that. Man? The coach is, has a lot yeah, to do with it. Arsenal would get the best from his players, but yeah, no, he would. But it was also in a different era where it was a different. He's era. signing. Henri for 10 million, Vieira for 5 million. Like, they, yeah, they, and we didn't have a billion dollar stadium. And like, mm. they've still been hurting for 10 years off of that. Did you get to go to very many EPL games where you were? Yeah, in I used England? to go to Highbury a lot. All of them? A lot of them? N not all of them. Um, but before I started playing, and I used to get to Highbury as much as I could. But um, then then the Emirates as much as I could. Um, but yeah, I used, to, I used to love going to watch Arsenal. The vibe. That's I've been away to. Man United away to Tottenham away to Chelsea. Sheesh. What's the number one? What a beautiful Your thing. number one stadium. That's that's the one that you Ajax. Just, Ajax. I went really? to watch Arsenal away in Ajax in Holland. It's amazing. What? Yeah, it was what amazing. What an experience. Man. What about you? It's unbelievable. I haven't been to a stadium like I that. Haven't been to a stadium Never. like that. Mine would be Mexico City. Really? Never. Yeah, that's a good atmosphere. I got to see Chivas America in Clasico. And that was that's good. Good that's good ones. One of these days I'll be able to do that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? Tough stadium. <laughs> yeah, um, with the Premier League being so tight as it is right now who do you think personally takes it City you think so Why? how so rotation I think yeah I think Liverpool are the best team right now mm -hmm. but they've got Mane and Salah going African Cup of Nations big Damn. miss in January they'll be gone for a month huge Sheesh. City don't have as many African losses I think they have Mares goes, Mahrez. but they've got. I mean, how much depth have they got? Yeah. And then Jack might be. And then be Chelsea have got an unbelievable squad. Like they play a completely different eleven from Premier League game to Premier so League game. So when to Lukaku gets healthy, man, he's a problem. That yeah. Guy's a problem. So I, th I think I think Chelsea and City. I think Liverpool are the best team, but mm -hmm. that I think the depth is going to catch it. If they have a, a couple of big injuries, it's going to hurt them, or big losses because they're going to be those guys will be gone for a month. Mm. Uh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Um, in Europe right now, some of the leagues are super close. Um, I know in Italy they're like same thing as the Premier League, super yeah. close, one point each. Yeah, um, lots of top. I think. Yeah, a lot, a lot of top top football is going to be played. Um, now going on to the Chelsea loss. What do you what do you think happened? I mean, playing playing a side like like they played. That's what happens when you play three to Moyes. three to two. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't get to watch it, but West Ham are solid. They are solid. Michael Antonio is. That's what I mean. You look. You can look at their whole team. They're mm -hmm. all six foot plus. They're all monsters. Bowen, like disgusting. Yeah, Bowen. Even though like he's not the tallest, but you got Antonio, Rice, Suchek, Declan. The whole back four is massive. Mm -hmm. Like they ain't giving up no easy free kicks. They're not giving up no soft goals. Um, it's a tough day if you're playing West Ham. Like, and that's what Moyes actually does really well. To be fair. So you didn't see the game. No. You didn't see the, the last back. goal was a freak goal. Okay, that's, yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. As the keeper gets his hands on it, is should the ball go inside of the net? Yes or no? 
I mean, he no gets it. Depends, he gets his man. hands on it. It depends on how the ball is coming. Was it you saw the game? Yeah. So Mendy, you're a goalie. Mendy, yeah, is it, Mendy, was it Mendy's, his fault? I was I was taught from when I'm playing that if you get a hand on it, that ball cannot go inside of the back of the net. Sometimes like if, if I mean if you don't, then obviously there's no you know repercussions. But I mean he almost got two hands to it. But Mendy's kind of like it's weird too. Nobody pressed this man, and he was just able to cross it no matter what. But he crosses. There's a, there's a bit of a deflection off of uh, Loftus cheek, and it kind of just dips in a certain way. But Mendy's already going towards the the cross. You get mm. what I'm saying? And but the ball is here, so he gets a hand on it. it th- those are odd. Those and are I think I, you know I, you know what I think that really kind of dictates that as well is that I mean there was a double mistake. Jorginho gives the ball too close to uh, Mendy, gives the ball back, and then Bowen presses really hard. Mendy could have definitely. You know, just booted it, took it to the corner, took it somewhere, and not lose it. But he loses it, causes a peno, and that kind of just hurts your morale. You know, mm-hmm. and as the game plays, I think if that wouldn't have happened in the beginning, I don't think that third goal goes in like that. Yeah, true. Because it's super like you psychological know, game. Yeah, yeah, it's super psychological, especially yeah. for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but it's good. City Do you, you ever play here at Western? Down here in the local league. No, I didn't. Side? I tried to come down. Actually, Jake invited me to a uh-huh. game, like probably when I was just done my college. I come down and play. I love playing down here, so I came down. Come get a check. <laughs> I, I came down. I thought I was getting some money. Came down to play, um, and I don't think there was enough kits or something, <laughs> mm. so I just didn't play and got in my car and went home. Uh, that was my Western yeah, experience. West, Western problems for yeah, sure. Western Not enough kits, but I know there's a lot of good football played down there. I know a lot of people that played down there. My so. dad always played there, and that's kind of where I just took off watching him play, and then growing up. Going to his practices until I was able to practice, and then yeah. I ended up playing alongside my Brilliant. dad and my brother. So that's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of history there for a lot of people here in the city. I'm yeah, pretty um, sure I'm not the only story like that. Yeah, who's the best player at Arsenal right now? Oh, it's hmm. tough. I mean, it's tough. Probably Ramsdale, it? isn't it? It's got to be Ramsdale. To be fair, um, I but, like the new right yeah. back. Okay, can't say his name properly, but um, which one? Where's, where's he from? New Asian lad. Oh, uh, uh, Tom. Tony Yasu. Yeah, like he's, so, he's solid to Tony be fair. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Um, and Oligard. Saka. Saka. I hate Oligard. Wow. He scored this game and last yeah, game. Yeah, he he puts up good numbers, but he just, I don't know. Even in the Premier League, there's like levels to athleticism. Mm-hmm. And he seems to me like he can't run. Like he seems very slow, very lethargic. He seems like a Ozil type player, mm-hmm. but without that Ozil without that like touch quality yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Saka's obviously top Saka's player. Good. But I think Ramsdale right now has got to be. He's got to be the best player at Arsenal. Okay, and then kind of what, what I wanted to go in in depth with you because we like to go into it is because we're Mexican. Ricardo has his own views on the Mexican national team. I have my. Mexican American, I can cheer for both. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm just Mexican. But I have my demons with the Mexican national team. Um, what do you think, as 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 a fan? Um, do you, you get to watch any of those games, Mexico games? I haven't. I haven't watched too much. I haven't watched international football like yeah, full stop. It like makes me depressed time. that like if the Premier League's not on for ten days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's international footy. Like I don't even watch England games. It's I'm not watching them win eight 0 versus San Marino. Like uh, I don't want to watch <laughs> that. So okay, we're gonna go into that too. But um, <laughs> Mexico have got a lot of top players now, and they yeah, play but all in he's, Europe. He's about to start on his Mexico bash train right now. <laughs> it, it's very popular. I get a lot of comments about it. Hate hate mail, you know. Yeah. But um, 
So you're saying England is, I mean, they have, I personally think they have quality players. Um, what do you think is missing? Like, um, why aren't they to the level of your expectations? I think they thinking? need. To, uh, I think they need to just go out, go out with that like peaked era. I think we lost in the semi-finals of the World Cup, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And just start like play the play the younger guys now. Like mm-hmm. play Bellingham with Rice. Play, um, I don't know the younger like. Um, play Foden in a role where he's super important like mm-hmm. pl- like it, it always seems like we're going I don't even need to look at England's team and it will go Sterling, Kane, Rashford and it's like the same, same like, thing over when Foden's doing it every single week in the Premier League like why is he not playing like he's playing yeah. for one of the best teams in the world mm-hmm. um, or he will play and they'll play him in like a different position just like play the best players where um, they need to play and I just think I would just love him to like we're still playing Jordan Pickford in goal Thank you. He's shocking. Like when you when like, you have a Nick Pope, yeah, or Nick when you Pope have or like Ramsdale a Dean Henderson, now. or when you have a Ramsdale, like uh, you have these quality players. But they've got to play. I, I just feel like they've got to play their their newer guys per se. The best teams have a mixture of both. If France you did it, right. yeah. if you kind of go back into the recent podcast that we've had, I've said the same thing to the Mexican national team. Um, we're I've agreed stuck, with you. and I've agreed with you. Have you ever? Yeah, you? the market, <laughs> the ones that are most marketable are playing. The ones that play. Uh, across the ocean that don't get as much minutes get the PT they're the preferred players like you would say are yeah. the the seniors in the yeah. England national team yeah. and I'm now I've now I've been saying that mm. we're in a tough transition period we're so late in the game that we haven't qualified for the World Cup that it's kind of dangerous for you to give opportunities to those players so right now it's do or die either these guys get it done or they don't yeah. regardless of the result whether we make it to the World Cup or not after that it's there's going to be a transition period because we cannot hang on to these Herreras Tecatitos that don't get the minutes that these people that play in Mexico do. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I'm just like you yeah. where he's at. Mm, I'm going to have to take a listen to those podcasts. Go for it. Um, because my, my biggest thing was I, I, would, I said that I hated being in, in like Mexican. It's just because like the Mexican people are so prideful. Like they're so stuck on a certain thing. Yeah. Um, but this guy's just jumping boat. Um, of course, we lost the USA three times, mm-hmm. two finals, World mm-hmm. Cup qualifiers. They've mattered, but Mexico... He's. I hate Mexico. <laughs> like you, you, take it back. you're, t- you're take just it back. bashing on no, him. And it's, Mike, I can't take it back. I just cannot take it back. <laughs> and Mike, Mikey is. It matters when you get to the World Cup. We don't make it to the World Cup. What you said, granted, but yeah. there's still so much football to play. Yeah, yeah you know. But it's just like, like, it's just gonna be the aspect. Like we're gonna go into that transition period you're talking about, right? What's gonna happen when these younger players aren't young anymore? Like, because it's after the World Cup, they're still going to be in that same... It's because it's a constant cycle. Same yeah. thing. Holding on to old players. Yeah. Not giving these kids a young chance. Like, there's Acevedo, young keeper, great keeper, uh, loses in the semi semi. We'll see what he does tomorrow. Like, does does well. Um, center, defen- center defensive mids that are young, doing well at different places. Um, some of them are even playing in Europe. Yeah. And they're still not getting a chance yeah. just because they're, Mexico is so, like, prideful in what they're thinking. So they're, like... So, like, traditional, like, Chitarito. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chitarito doesn't play now, but everyone wants him back. All right. Um, but it's, like, same thing. Like, you can name off your English squad, same thing. Yeah. Tecatito, Lozano, and Lozano, yeah, depending on who it is. My dad says it's because we have an Argentina coach. <laughs> like, he just... Yeah. Is that? It's uh, the pride uh, from this. The guy yeah. that was at Atlanta United. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta yep, United. Yep, yep. And, and at Barcelona, too. And at Barcelona. Oh, wow. and he was at Barcelona. But it's just too. like, if you have a little mixture of, like, those guys, like, put H. Herrera with, like, a younger midfielder, that midfielder is going to learn from him, and then in a couple of years, he's going to be t- three times as better than Herrera yeah. will be. Yeah. And I think Mexico is stuck on that same cycle where it's like, 
Hey, this guy played in Atletico International Madrid. football's Keep hard because they just they don't get together a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't know what these players, younger players, are doing day mm-hmm. in day out. So when they get into these camps, they know the older players have done it. So they like get stuck in these ruts, and they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. I know he's done it previously, and and these these younger lot like in international football period like don't get the chances they deserve." I think. So you as a coach, you're picked up to be the national team uh, coach for England. Okay, no, I'm American now. That I'm American on paper. There oh, are you? I'm a citizen. Yeah. Ah, so okay, so you get picked up to be. It took eleven eleven years. There you go. So you get picked up to be the USA national team head coach. Oh, that's a even better question. I like that one. Yeah. What are you <laughs> what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna kinda like what what's gonna be the mixture that you're gonna have? Are you gonna be Well, like I think they're doing a good job of it recently, right? They play a lot of younger guys yeah. now, don't they? But yeah, their average age is like twenty two. Yeah, and that's you've got to go that way to like if they want to build it in the future and, mm-hmm. and they sprinkle in, don't they, the I don't know how old how old's Pulisic now? I think he's, uh, no, he's, he's, he's 23, 24. Is he really? I think so. Yeah, he's 25. I'll find out what Max you 25, Max. Yeah. But well, like you, sprinkle you have in the experience younger, of yeah. like more experienced um, players and they've got some top ones around Europe now and they dare mm-hmm. Yeah, most mm-hmm. most of their defensive mm-hmm. players are of the like, yeah, more experienced so stick, side. Stick, yeah. with the, stick with the kids where it's mm-hmm. um, where you can sort of get away with it but blend it with experience. I think that would be the best. 23. I mean, wow. still young. Feels like he's been around forever, though. Yeah, yeah, playing in the big with the big boys. But there is some. Um, there's a few more young lads. I'm forgetting a, a player around. McKinney, McKinney, uh, McKinney's, McKinney's a beast. top player. Yeah, I think top McKinney's player. their best player. I'm Dest. Yeah, I think he has. And, McKinney. and a lot of players um, Stefan being produced here, and then Stephen's there's a lot good of cap, flying yeah. out. Dallas, no, Dallas is a good program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they keep pumping out players. That's where McKinney is. That's where Pepe's. Um, yeah, Pepe's from. And yeah. It's just it's exciting to see. I think they I think they will be in a much better spot in in two or three years as well. US and it kind of it kind of I I get upset with Mexico just because it goes like into that pridefulness too. Like they have some players that are like like Pepe. Pepe could have played with Mexico. He could have chose Mexico, but he chose the U.S. just because USA is giving those kids that yeah, those chances. Hard to beat we're losing we're losing top quality players mm. to the U.S. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And it's like why would we do that? Why would we? We're in we're in desperate need of a forward and we lose a forward like Pepe because we obtained this guy who's like 30 something from Argentina and Mexican you know, we dual lost nationality. two games in a row and this guy's talking like this it's not because of the Christ, losses Christ two talks. games it's in not, a row it's just I need you to understand it's if not because been of the US, losses we, he would not be speaking like this it's and that's because, what grinds my gears it's because of the loss of players you're so short sighted that's my thing the fashion of you're the so losses it's, I, I could care less because I'm like losses happen you lose, you win, you lose. It's just when it goes that extra mile and you lose like lifespan basically because your your team's not going to have a lifespan if your your average age is like 28, 29. That team's going to like basically like I say you had a, you had your team, right? Your Mac U team. And you had your year where you built 11 players that are all seniors. Your what are you going to do when they're gone? Tough next year, yeah. It's going to have a tough next year, right? Recruitment, Why yeah. won't you do like a like a little half like hey, 16 yeah. year yeah. whatever. It's the same thing. But international football like I just can't get wound up about international football because it's such a small part. It feels like they mm-hmm. don't really play, and then, and then when they do play, they're so unimportant until it gets to the World Cup. Every, like, and everyone's a World Cup fan, aren't they? So, I just think. So, should we have the World Cup every two or keep it at four? That's a good question. 
I mean, the players are just getting blown out now, aren't they? The, yeah, too, the, too many teams. Yeah, it's going to be... Too many games. Too many games. To like, But you guys have the Copa America and we have the, the Euros. The so, Euros in between. I mean, so they're, that's basically they're in there anyway. Unless you, If you're going to replace them with that, then... Then every four, then you think? I, I think I, four I love is fine because it makes it special, doesn't it? Yep. You're going to take away if it's every two. Have you experienced the World Cup before? No, not yet. But we're I mean, coming. they're we're they're, a bit, they're they're a, um, obviously a massive deal when they're on in England and mm-hmm. uh, the whole country shuts down and everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're coming here soon, right? I imagine yep. I'm not having any kids until after that World Cup. <laughs> I have yeah. a two and a four year old, so by then I'm going to be traveling with my power team of four. You know, there you go. A nine and an eight year old. Yeah. God willing, you know. God willing. Uh, I literally just had a question that I wanted to ask you and I lost it. Oh, and then um, I always like to ask this one because we debate about this one and he likes to bring up stuff that we debate about. I don't know why. This is the question. <laughs> I, you just, yeah, yeah we're on the um, same path right now. 32? 32 for the World Cup. Who? 32 teams qualify for the World oh, Cup. I thought he was asking my age. I was like, no, no 33. No, no. 33. <laughs> um, should they expand that to, th- uh, to what, what was it, 40 something? 40 something. Um, I think they're trying to add like 12 more teams, 8 more teams. No. Thank I you. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think uh, you just compromise the quality, in my opinion. And then it's going to be more games. That's why he snapped it's his fingers be. when England plays uh, some team and they blow out 10-0. Yep. Literally what you said is literally what I said. I, was like, I asked him, I was like, are you really going to sit down and watch 90 plus minutes of Argentina playing Bolivia? Yeah. You're just not. Like right now, yeah, everyone there, even like, who was it in the last one? Was it Iceland that did really well? And mm-hmm. like everyone there is going to be all right. Like, Ooh. yeah. That's what that's that's kind of what I yeah, wanted. So everyone there is going to be decent. That's what I tell them. I'm like, if your team, I mean, yeah, it goes back to, you know, bigger teams, bigger quality teams have more money, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Trinidad and Tobago is definitely not going to have the same money as Mexico does. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's just like, if you really look more into it, as a federation, because every national team has its own federation. Yeah. What they themselves have to go into and say, hey, why are we not qualifying? What do we need to do? What do yeah. we need to change? I feel like that's super ben- like beneficial for their, their soccer league. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I'm telling them, like, big, big squads, England, France, Spain, these all go to the World Cup, right? But when you get special teams, like you say, Iceland, Costa Rica, like, you know, all these small, Uruguay, like, I mean, Uruguay is like a middle card, mm-hmm. I guess. Like Wales but went yeah. before the name Republic But it's just like whenever these, these teams do go to the World Cup and they see that and they feel that, it's just so much yeah, more special. Yeah, because yeah. if you open it to like 40-something and it's like, oh, here, here's your blue ribbon. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just nothing. No, well, I agree. Well, then let me tell you what I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would be beneficial to add more teams. Um, and the one that I keep asking myself because I always think I have to come back with a better response than him. There's some things that <laughs> nations. Job. Yeah, there's should. no. There's some things that nations can't That's change. The their population, yeah. um, what they have to deal with in their culture, and I mm-hmm. think expanding it to maybe eight more teams provides those teams that maybe would never have had a chance to make it to the World Cup make it to the World Cup. Yeah. And how would that benefit them? Um, I bet you every team that makes it to the World Cup gets a bag, you know, a good amount of cash, money for their... Well, just the economy as well. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. All the restaurants are full, all the bars are full. Like, it's big for countries to make the World Cup. Yeah, for the football, I mean, it, it raises their game, you know. The, it, I yeah. think it would benefit more for those smaller teams that just don't have a chance to make it, to make it. You know, it's just... Fair. All around, all fair around. point. Fair but point. I agree with. I mean, you guys had a fair point too. So, are you, do you feel good? I definitely do feel good because I'm kind of winning. If we, uh, go yeah, on these we're keeping there, track. There. I'm keeping, keeping track. track. Mentally, I'm keeping yeah, track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a big question that he he sent me is: Are you taking the 2010 ah, Spain? That one was a good one. 2010, 2010 Spain, Spain or Spain. France that won it in 2018? 2018. Which one would the two you would choose? 
If you had to pick, who was the big ones on the on the 2000, 2010 team? Spain? Mbappe. I know that was David Villa, Torres, Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, Iker Casillas. Yeah, I think I already know his response just by that. On, who was on the? Uh, I mean, but you got Hugo Lloris. I mean, you got Rafael Varane. You got Kante. Pogba. You got Pogba. Um, Coman. Griezmann. Griezmann. Who you think? Who you taking it? Martial. Martial. I, don't know. I think you had like Teo Hernandez as well. Pavard. Pavard. I, pr I prefer probably the style of football from Spain, mm -hmm. but I think the French team might be a little bit too powerful. That French team would exploit the weaknesses of that Spain team. Yeah, but, Which, they might, but they might not touch the ball. Yeah, they're not going to touch the ball. But, but they are kind of extremely athletic. Mm -hmm. like that French team is monsters. Pa Pogba. Yeah. Where is he? Hmm? He's injured. Huh? He's hurt. He's injured. I don't think he's going to sign back with Man U either. But that would be, yeah, that would be some game. I think, but don't like people that sit on the fence. I'll pick Spain. Yeah, I would too. I'll pick Spain just because I, I prefer to have the it's just, it's just, I mean, we, we can all agree that that soccer is just beautiful. Right? Yeah. Like that, that yeah. What, them winning that was just absolutely wonderful. It was yeah. just beautiful to watch. And it's just beautiful. Just like it, They're dominant, dude. It gives, yeah. me, it gives me goosebumps. What a team. Dominant guy. What okay, we have a few, a few more. Um, this is the logo. And um, the new logo for the Mexican um, national team had changed. And we did a poll online. And um, a lot of people like the old style. So this is it right there. This is it. We got the old logo with the ball in the middle and the traditional eagle. It looks like the Mexican flag. And the new one is... Um, a little bit more modern, Yeah, as you can see. I think I like the old one. I do too. I you like the old one. But I, I think it's a nice design. I do think it's a nice design, but just maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't know. I also like the old one. I mean... Paolo, yeah. do you like the old one? Do you like you the guys, new one? It's because you guys are in your 30s. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You know, I'm on the old, a little younger side, you know, a little bit modern, a little yeah. bit, you know. Paolo said, I can put that on a t-shirt a little I bit easier. Yeah, you could definitely, I mean. I do, like the, I, I do like the newer, like it's very, it looks like a tech logo. Board, I mean, yeah, like know? this this one would probably go, and yeah. I'm pointing at the old one. We could go on like a polo or something. We got the Aztec calendar one, in that the middle for the old one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, I think if you was going to change your logo on a, on a national team, which is obviously a massive deal. That's not a bad pick, to be fair. Still still got traditional elements to it, you know? Yeah. Is there an accent on the E? That font is the same font that they used uh, for the World Cup in 86. There you go. That's a beautiful time. I don't think time. that's a bad change. If mm. I was to pick one, I'd pick old, but maybe that's just because I'm old, like you said. Yeah. I didn't say that. I said you were in your thirties. You know, you're mean, old is how you feel. I'm old, you know? I'm old. True, true. <laughs> no, no, I don't feel old. But true. I'm past the generation. Um, the last topic that we wanted to touch on was the news that we had seen online about the energy taking uh, year of absence due to the field upgrades that are being made at yeah, Taft Stadium. Mm -hmm. It is disappointing. Um, I feel like it just came out of nowhere. But it definitely I feel was like breaking. That's the situation that was dealt you know yeah no it's disappointing it's um it, they've been really good with us like we've played them in friendlies we've had players in at training with them um it's actually a, a, a good recruiting tool you know that we can that we have that relationship that we can get yeah. players in there get that exposure so um i don't yeah i think it's it's not good like all the season ticket holders and stuff that go and watch football yeah. i don't think that's a good thing because they've got 
by all accounts, all big aspirations downtown, or so that doesn't really. It's not a very progressive move, is it? And there's mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of messy stuff behind the scenes in regards to contracts and all that stuff. So like, yeah. I don't know. It's probably. I bet some people are going through some tough times with that. Yeah, I think the number one question that I've seen pop up the most online is uh, why can't we just play in UConn? Why can't we just play in Edmond or X Y Z? Um, but from what they have said online is that the USL um, has only given them permission to play a Taft, you know, um, which is a shame. But I, I, it's going to be missed. It's going to yeah. be missed. I think, lot. though, I mean, reading a little bit more into that, I think that they were still very positive about being um, super into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely which they do a lot. Yeah. They, yeah, I mean, Energy Assist, um, I yeah. know we've dealt with them a lot. They've helped us a lot. And I think hopefully they'll take a break from playing soccer. But I think hopefully they'll they can double re- can and to reconnect the with the community, you know, because you can't have a team without your mm-hmm. community. Yeah. You just can't. No. You know, some of these big Premier League teams started as like a community team, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. then so like I feel like now the energy should take the time. Now they have a year off of just playing yeah. to kind of like re, you know, invent themselves with the community, you know, the community, see what's yeah. going in. And yeah, then yeah. that way it'll just lead to better and bigger things when, you know, they come back. Yeah. Yeah. And and. <laughs> on the on the field too hopefully they can spend more time and, and get a better product i know they probably want to be in the in the playoffs again and mm-hmm. um i know lee's staying here he's still staying with the club and 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 hopefully he's able to you know because he just got a big move as a as a head coach you know so and, and mm-hmm. he, he deserved that so to him yeah he did yeah. a good job to take over the yeah, team. yeah he deserved that so i hope he gets his chance to do that with the club so but you never know what's in the future yeah town stadium um, was just a tough place to play the field isn't the size that yeah, we hard. need it to be it's yeah. a lot smaller it's not as wide and yeah. that just provides problems yeah. to begin with i mean that and that's home field too yeah, yeah. going so, into that do you do you see yourself ever coaching at a professional level i don't know um i don't know I, like i said before i i always want to coach at the highest level i can mm-hmm. and and um I, whether those opportunities are in the nai division two division one um it's just wherever i can coach the best players and and be a better coach every single year is, is where i'm gonna end up so can you imagine national team coach danny friend yeah one day of what nation know. of mexico <laughs> 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 see i could do that i love mexico i do love mexico that'd be fun that'd be fun well paulo do you have any other questions um i think i asked a lot of questions <laughs> you're i think done I, with your book yeah i got i got a good insight <laughs> on, Coach's on, manual on filled yeah, up there. yeah exactly uh, so. well i appreciate uh danny for coming on um this was definitely uh a highlight for the podcast you know oh, sure. he told you me so that he reached out and you said you're going to be able to come on i got a little nervous yeah, well, I was super skeptical. I was like, "Man, this guy's probably just gonna read my message and just be like, oh, the, I it's the bot that he, replied.' He, like, I literally sent it. He responded like in four seconds. No, I mean, so it was really like good. I've said, football's been my whole life. I, I could sit and talk about football all day, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like you, you guys do an unbelievable job in the community. And like, if there's any way I can help in the smallest way or be involved in the smallest way, then I'm, I'm always down for it. Thank so. you. What what uh what guy can we interview from the team? If you had to point us in a direction, because next week we have uh, Jasmine from the girls' team. Oh, it's very okay. important for us Which, to highlight yeah, women's soccer, mm-hmm. and she committed to coming next Monday. So next Wednesday, you guys will hear She's about had a, a good girl. Freshman year too, yeah, yeah yep. a local. She played here at Santa Fe South, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's going to be really interesting for good the women kid, out there because yeah. we want to support both. Yeah, because we want to. Uh, it's kind of the podcast. The direction we want to take it is kind of have coaches current players yeah. high former players. players high school players yeah. get like the you know insight the stories that we like Hook us up you with should the energy talk coach. to um, yeah. 
He knows. Yeah, maybe Lee could come yeah. out. Um, Evan would be yeah. cool to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, get one of our players out. Do you guys know uh, Jimbo that played at Westmore? Yeah, Jimbo. Jimbo is man. When I tell you that that man is cracked at playing center back. That man, yeah, that get, man is yeah. insane, Because yeah. Jimbo would be a good example of a straight out of high school, play big minutes for a team that was top He's five good. in the nation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jimbo, look out for the DM. We're coming for yeah, you. Yeah, Jimbo's, Jimbo's a good, good. kid. Okay. Get him before. you got to get him quick, though, because he goes back into the Air Force in January. Oh, for really? the spring, yeah. So. Aaron, Aaron is our direct contact with Jimbo. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll let Aaron know. Yeah, Aaron get Aaron Marquez out. Yeah. Like, get yeah, Aaron, Aaron to talk yeah. about, like, Aaron was one of them that originally came in to play on our reserve team and then Marquez. in the first team and, mm-hmm. and has always been a big part since. He's around he the football factory. He great helps guy. out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Great kid. Good awesome. Kid. Hard awesome. working kid. But no, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Nice. Um, do you want to have last words? Any piece of advice for any of the people out there? That, like you gave some advice last week. Last no. Week. Yeah. I mean, just kind of going into it. Um, big episode for sure. Um, criteria is, is insane now. I mean, we got top coach, top team. Um, definitely take a listen and and if at any point you're listening and you're still kind of you know having second thoughts about playing at the collegiate level um pause pause the moments where coach is kind of talking to you he's literally talking to you i mean he's talking to us he's right at you for all those bishop mcginnis kids that are listening yeah no but kind of like the whole range like coach danny is talking to us but he's kind of talking to you basically you get what i'm saying um, he's letting you know how the recruitment process is, what you need to do. Um, so take a listen, pause it, write this stuff down, like get in contact with the coaches, make sure you make your name as profitable as you can, have film, have all these things, um, because it is obtainable. It is at your reach. All you have to do is just go and grab it. If you don't have a camera, we rent the VO out. So hit us up. Hit there us you up. Go. Daily rentals for the VO. Yeah. Um, any piece of advice for anybody that's listening, Danny? No, I did just to echo what you just said of um, there's not everybody gets to play in college. So you've got to work harder than the other the other kids that want to do that. And, and working hard is just not playing soccer. You've got to communicate more. You've got to um, make yourself uncomfortable and get to these ID camps. And um, When's the we, next ID camp? We have an ID camp at the end of January. End of January, okay. Um, which is cool because it gives us a look at players before, okay, now I can come and watch that kid at high school for the whole season because they, they, you know, everyone really gets yes. going at the start yes, of February. Yes, 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 yes. So it's really cool. We did that before, had 50, 60 kids, and then there was like 15 kids that we had to get to all of their games in the spring, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little prerequisite before they get going. So um, that all of that stuff will be hitting the social media stuff and, and we'll reach out to all of your, your high we'll school share. coaches. Yeah. We no, but that would be... Uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you guys out there oh, definitely uh, definitely coach said stay away from the canes even though it's <laughs> yeah. finger licking once chicken once a month but it's worth just it just once but stay away from it yeah. stay yeah. healthy yeah. keep yeah. Yeah. Academia. Great. Yeah. Great. academia is important yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, my piece of advice I've been reading this book The 48 Laws of Power and the one that stood out to me this time this week was um, always keep the ending in mind yeah Keep the ending like in mind that. to whatever nice. you're doing because if you have the ending in mind, no matter what rough patch you hit, it's not going to matter because you're going to, you already know where you're wanting to get. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're taking things day by day, those little setbacks might push you back a little bit further than you need. But if you have your ending in mind, you're, you're set. I like that. That's good. I like Beautiful. That. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on and listening for episode seven. We will catch you guys next week. See ya. See you later. See ya. Thanks, guys.